You've waited and you've waited and you've waited for this episode, this interview. This is a special one. I know I've been waiting for a long time to have Tiffany. Tiffany Aliche, better known as the budget. Some of us look at her as just a financial educator, but she actually got a law created in New Jersey. This law made it mandatory for middle school students to learn financial education. It didn't hit me that I got a law passed until one of my friends, um, my neighbor, she has a daughter, Olivia, who's in middle school. And she was doing homework, I was over. She was like, um, Auntie Tiffany, can you help me with my homework? I was like, sure. And I was like, you're doing homework about money. <gasps> You're doing homework about money. In college, she was called the money girl. People are coming to her for financial advice. It wasn't until college that my college roommate had like debt collectors calling the dorm room. I was like, they do that? <laughs> and so I would go home and be like, daddy, let me tell you. He's like, that's not good, Tiffany. Tell her this. And so I became this conduit between his information and the, what my friends needed. Woo-wee. She is no stranger to fraud. The financial literacy guru got taken advantage of financially. He had himself a Lambo, a penthouse in New York. <laughs> he was a scammer. Was he? Her first book goes crazy, and she's doing it again. The new book is out now, and she's launching it exclusively on the Social Proof Podcast. This is the basis for all money, right? You have to make money. Then you have to live under your means, whatever that means, right? You have to save some and then invest some of what you've saved. It has to grow. And that's literally it. That's the magic. Imagine being extremely successful and you lose the person that you love. And call me insensitive, but I want to know, after you lose a spouse, at what point do you start dating again? So I'm not in a rush for anything. Because also, too, I had something excellent. So what I look like settling for what? Mm. You know, like... This is not an episode that you want to miss. We are having conversations not only about financial literacy, but how to manage the mental and emotional pressures of becoming successful. This is one you want to share with your friends and comment in the chat, okay? We want to hear your thoughts in real time during this episode. Welcome to the Social Proof Podcast, where we find dope people that did dope stuff. Today is no different, man. This lady's really, really rich. Oh, my God. Real, <laughs> real rich. Yo, I, I got to say this, because before I knew who you were, someone shared with me who you were. And it wasn't about your podcast, and it wasn't about um, your book or New York Times bestseller. They said this lady got some insane amount of people in her program that pay monthly. And it was like, so okay, how many people are in your program? Well, we graduated 100,000, and currently we have about 15,000. I mean, I have a bunch of businesses, so I'm assuming you mean my Live Rich Academy. Live Rich Academy. Mm-hmm. 100,000 people have been through that program. Mm-hmm. And counting. But there's 15,000 active people right now. Yes. How do you do that? By building community first and foremost. So I've been 15 years like mm-hmm. a, as an entrepreneur. And from the very beginning, I want to say the first four or five years, I really didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. And I spent really the, those years building community. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't have any money, but I do have this personality. <laughs> you know, God doesn't bless you with everything, but he gives you something. <laughs> For sure. And I knew how to use my personality to, mm-hmm. to build community. I didn't know at the time how to monetize the community, mm-hmm. but I knew that community, it's clear to get clear, David, like what a community is. You have to, it's a group of people who are gathered around a similar goal or like um, thought process or whatever, yeah. and then you give them something to do. Mm-hmm. 
And so when I first started, the thing I gave them to do was I started this literature challenge, which mm -hmm. was this free three-month program that I created. And I told myself, okay, I want it to launch in January because everybody wants to lose weight, get their money together in January. And my goal was I wanted to get 10,000 women, especially black women signed mm -hmm. up. And it took me eight months to get 10,000 women. For a, three, a free three-month challenge. Yes. Yeah, so no, it was a th um, a thirty day challenge, basically like a three week challenge. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but back then you have to understand this was two thousand fourteen, so there was no Instagram, mm. very little Twitter. I think that at the time they didn't even have Facebook for business. Yeah. So to convince and people now everybody knows like oh you could sign up for these free things, but they were like I don't get it. What's the scam? <laughs> and I'm like no, I want to be of service. You guys keep asking me the same financial questions. I was a school teacher. I had my master's in education. I knew how to write curriculum. I was like, this is just my You were a teacher back then. Well, I was a teacher until 2009. Until 2009. Mm -hmm. I lost my job time. due to okay. the recession. Mm. And then I started the Budgetista. And um, I said, I was teaching at the United Way. I was teaching their financial education program that I wrote for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so people kept coming to me and saying, I see what you're doing at the United Way, but I live in Florida, not in Jersey. Yeah. So I thought, well, what if I take this program and put it online? And so that was the literature challenge, my first kind of like community program that I created yeah. and it was free at the United Way because the United Way paid me so I made it free online too oh. so I just figured I would just get sponsors to pay gotcha and I did get like a like one sponsor to pay and it was like you know a good amount maybe like ten thousand dollars I think but United Way paid for it though no they didn't pay for the online version okay they paid me for when I came in to teach for a lot of okay gotcha gotcha yeah okay. so I just thought people love this in person what if I did it online and mm -hmm. still offered it for free and to see if I can find someone else to pay me to do it. But no one paid to do it. Not really. That's why I said the first few years I made like no money, but I learned so much by doing that challenge because I'd mm -hmm. reached out to all these big major brands. Quite honestly, when they found out that I was serving black women, they were not interested. Really? When I tell what you- What year is this? 2014, I want to say. Ah, the it, black woman, support black women movement no, wasn't popping yet. No, when I tell you, because at first I would say, oh, I've got, you know, 3,000 women signed up, you know, a brand, I, their lives would light up. I would go to these networking right. events and conferences. And then I remember I created this, um, I created this media kit and I had all these faces of black women who give me their pictures so I can show. And they were like, oh yeah, we don't have any. Like, really? but you just told Sarah, my friend who has a hundred <laughs> people and a wish and a dream that you wanted, that you have like all this money for her. And I remember being like, wow. In the year of our Lord, 2014, we still on this racism. <laughs> but I'm glad for that because oh I would have created this program and they would have owned it. Mm. But I got pissed and I created it myself. And I said, I'm going to do it myself. And I yeah. did. And January 2014-15, the challenge launched. 10,000 yeah. women signed up. It went so well that another 10,000 signed up quickly after that. But free, automated. though, at this point free. still. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I didn't know, but there was a bank in particular that had this free bank account or this savings account and I suggested it in the challenge mm -hmm. and I didn't know they were offering $25 a person. I sent them 2,500 people. <sighs> the math, do the math. When I tell you I wept because I was broke. Hold on. They were offering $25, $25 a person. Mm -hmm. And I sent them 2,500 people. And you sent them 2,500 people. So, yes. and that was a, they were giving them $25 or they were offering a referral for referral, $25. Referral. They, they didn't give you a referral at all. Well, because I didn't, I didn't sign up for the program. I didn't know until wow. after. And I was like, because I didnn't know how to monetize. Grand. When, Down had, when I had nothing. I mean, I was living in a room. I had rented a room. Like I just came home. You know, everybody's not going to get that reference. But 
I was renting a room. I was like 30 something years old. And I just was like, I couldn't believe it. And I cried because I was like, I have no money. That's 60,000. That would have been my money for the year. Mm. And so, but then it was, it was from that literature challenge that I learned how to grow community. Yeah. I learned how to like where to put them at the time. I, it was a Facebook group. And I learned like, okay, they were open to products and services. So I wrote my first book then, which was a literature challenge book. I yeah. self-published it. And I will say that month, they bought enough of the books to give me $10,000. And I was like, okay, yeah. people are willing to pay because I didn't even want to put out the book because I'm like, well, the challenge is free. But there were a number of women who were like, I don't want to do it online. I want a physical copy. And I'm like, well, why would you want to pay for a physical copy? Like a dummy. <laughs> why would you want to pay for a physical copy when it's for free? They're like, well, I, I, I just put a book together. Yeah. So I paid some college student like $400 to like format all of it. Um, the challenge was held on my blog. to format all the blog posts and put it into a book. And it's still on um, Amazon, still making me money every month. My self-published book make me a few thousand dollars every month. Oh, wow. still. Still. Yo, I don't even think I introduced you. I was just so excited we got <laughs> into the conversation. Um, introduce yourself. How do you introduce yourself? How do you so introduce I yourself? introduced myself as Tiffany Aliche, better known as the Budget Nista, mm -hmm. New York Times bestselling author. Um, first black woman on the cover of Money Magazine by herself. Really? NAACP award nominee. Co-writer of the law, um, the Budget Nista Law in the state of New Jersey, making financial education mandatory for middle school students whoa hold on i know hold on mm -hmm. you have a law in new jersey i do a1414 that that makes financial literacy mandatory, mandatory for schools? middle school students because mm -hmm. they already there's already a law for high school and so mm -hmm, for middle school you students. made it all, how do you do that what's the process so, of that? um when i used to work at the united way and, and wrote their financial education program a woman there um angela v mcknight was one of my students um, she was like my age, but she's still a student. And um, she ran for office in Jersey City for Assemblywoman. And she won. And when she won, she hit me back up, was like, girl, I want to get a law passed for financial education. And I said, okay. And she was like, I said, well, there's already a law for high school, but I think it should be younger than that. Mm -hmm. And so we worked together to craft what I thought should be in it. Met with other stakeholders like principals, superintendents, teachers. Um, and then she brought it to like the House and the Senate. They voted on it. And then the governor at the time, well, Governor Murphy, mm -hmm. um, he, he vetoed, well, he signed it. Well, really the, um, the first black um, lieutenant governor, Sheila Oliver, she signed the law. So a black woman signed the law at the Barack Obama school. A black wow. school. I know, in Newark. So it was like black on black on black on black on black. <laughs> and then Angela herself was a black woman. So it was just amazing. And so... That it didn't hit me that I got a law passed until one of my friends, um, my neighbor, she has a daughter, Olivia, who's in middle school. And she was doing homework. I was over. And she was like, um, Auntie Tiffany, can you help me with my homework? I was like, sure. And I was like, You doing homework about money? <gasps> you doing homework about money? <laughs> That's I did my that. law. Yeah. I was wow. like, Oh my God. Yeah. So mm -hmm. incredible. I'm okay. busy. So <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm, I'm still kind of, um, I'm missing something mm -hmm. because. You, you're a teacher, 2009, you get let go because of the recession. Yeah. And then 2000, what is the idea 2009 to these, these three years? What was the idea at this point? So I, you don't just leave just to be like, all right, I'm out. No. Well, I was teaching and I loved it yeah. for 10 years. I graduated college, 
got a degree in business, yeah. hated my internships and said, you know, like, you know, I think I'll teach because I really love kids. Yeah. Um, my dad was a, uh, a CFO of a small nonprofit and he has his master's in economics, his bachelor's in finance. So learning about money was what we did at home. Right. And I didn't know that people didn't get that, you know, because what's normal for you as a kid, you're like, that's just normal, right? Yeah. It wasn't until college and my college roommate had like debt collectors calling the dorm room. I was like, they do that? <laughs> and so I would go home and be like, daddy, let me tell you. He's like, that's not good, Tiffany. Tell her this. And so I became this conduit between his information and the, what my friends needed. In and, college. In college. And then I thought, this is actually kind of interesting. So I just said, well, I'm going to take finance classes and learn for myself. And I became like the go-to girl for my friends. Like, you know, this girl is hair. This girl's a lash girl. This girl's, I was the money girl. Like, I got wow. my refund check. Tiffany, what should I do? You know? And I just. Interesting. But it was just something I did because I enjoyed it. Even when I taught, I taught in Newark. And I was young. I was like 21, 22. And, um. I can remember the parents asking me, let me hold something to the weekend, Miss Tiffany. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Keisha, but what you can do is during nap time, come and get this financial education. I'll, talk, I'll show you how to budget. Oh, wow. I'll show you how to open up a bank account because you're still going to check cashing. Mm-hmm. Because I wow. live like, there's Newark and there's Newark. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I worked in Newark. Yeah. Like the South <laughs> Ward where it was like, I mean, let's not go outside to play today. Mm -hmm. And so the parents would come because we were the same age. And I was like, why are you paying that company so much money for your taxes? Because I knew how to, my dad taught me how to do taxes. I'm like, come during nap time. I'll do your it for you for free. dad taught you how to do taxes. Mm -hmm. When I was 19. Yo, but real quick, as a college student, mm -hmm. when people were asking you what to do with their refund check, mm -hmm. what were you telling them? Were you investing in stocks? Were you? No, basic things like, you know, well, one, if you need this check to last you however long, we would sit down and be like, what are the things you have to pay for? Yeah. You know, and then how much do you want to save? And then really it was like we wanted to do fun things like that homecoming thing is going to cost us $50. This is going to cost. So we would just map out based upon what was important to us, mm. you know, and it was like instead of like spending it all this weekend, like this is what you should do, because yeah. last time you didn't have enough money to roll with us when we went to the concert. <laughs> so let's make sure you're good, you know, because yeah. I was still young. So, you yeah. know, I wasn't thinking about setting aside in that way. But um, but as I got older, you know, like learning about credit because my dad put me on his um, card to be an, um, an authorized mm -hmm. user. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So then I told my friends, well, if your parents have good credit, see if your mom will let you do that too. So by the time we graduate, you could get an apartment yeah. because you have good credit based upon being an authorized wow. user. Mm -hmm. Isn't family so important, especially so when important. they can teach you something? So important. Like, Man. I would not be here on Father's Day whenever I post my dad. So many women, especially black women, say like, He's the father to us all, Tiffany, because it's through you. If he had not taught you, you would not be teaching us. Yeah. I didn't have access to this, you know? Man. Mm -hmm. So you're, you get out of college, mm -hmm. and you, when you're in college, you want to be a what? I didn't know, because who knows? I hate that at 17 you have to decide your life. Some what is people that? know, though. Well, I didn't. I just knew I didn't want to be broke. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, I don't want to be broke, and I didn't want to hate what I did. Mm -hmm. So I had a bunch of business internships, um, hated them. Mm -hmm. And I said, um, I, I think like one day I went to visit my friend who was a teacher and I was like, this seems kind of fun because I'm fun, yeah. you know, and I was just like, I want to do something fun and but I don't want to be broke. But I heard teachers are broke. Being a teacher sounded fun because I love kids. I mean, you don't know, like I'm, I'm being my best behavior because I turn up, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this I could have fun. And then I realized if I can manage my money well, I don't actually have to make as much. Yeah. And so that's what I determined. I was like, okay, if I can live under my means, save some, invest some, 
I can live, like I can still have a good life, but enjoy what I do. Say what you said again. You said if you save. So or, or live you, under you. So th- yes. this is the basis for all money, right? Yes. You have to make money. Yep. Then you have to live under your means, whatever that means. Yes. Right? You have to save some and then invest some of what you've saved because it yeah. has to grow. And that's literally it. That's the magic. And if you get that right, you don't have to make as much. You don't. And so I was making, that's I started making $39,000 a year, but I was smart. So I stayed home one year, saved up my money, bought myself a little two-year-old certified pre-owned car, like a 99 Nissan Ultima. Mm-hmm. So no car note, mm-hmm. insurance low, because you know, I own the car, yeah. right? And then I was like, okay, I told my, my older sister and I, let's, um, let's get a, a place together. We searched and found a really great place. It was a small little house. And she wanted $1,200, so it was 600 bucks mm-hmm. a piece, but included everything. Yeah. So all of a sudden, no car, no rent is $600, which was, I mean, it's low now, but it was low then too. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I purposefully was, like, managing my life to keep it under the threshold. And so by the time I was working, like, my third year in teaching, I had saved almost $30,000. Okay, hold on. Threshold. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the threshold. What do you mean? So meaning that, like, okay, you make 39000 Yep. So certainly you could trick it up at your, you know, your local Mandy's. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all don't remember Mandy's, you too. <laughs> That's your local Mandy's. That's like the rainbow of back in the day. <laughs> you can trick it up there. Or I can say, this is how much money I take home every two weeks. Which, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it was $1,200, maybe mm-hmm. $2,000, something in that range. Um, how can I keep it as low as possible? Yeah. Meaning this is what you make. That's your threshold. How can I keep that as low as possible? Keep my monthly expenses low. So I... When I went to buy furniture for our apartment, I was like, I'm going to save until I can afford to pay it off. Like, I don't want to put it on a credit card. I don't want to finance a a lamp because then that increases my monthly expenses. And I wanted to have enough to save. So your major focus was your monthly expenses. Yeah, to keep those low. So I had a gap between what I made and like what I had to spend, yeah. you know? And so from that money, and then I, you can increase it further, but I used to, I used to babysit and tutor mm-hmm. to make even more money. And so what I, I What did you do with the extra money? And, and was there like some sort of separation between income and like the extra money, like the entrepreneurial money? Um, no, not really. Just put it all in one pot. Yes. So okay. for in the beginning, it was just, I just threw into savings, mm-hmm. you know, cause I didn't really know. I was like, I'm just gonna put, save as much as possible. And then when I got to like $30,000, I was like, maybe I should buy a house. I was 25 and I looked around. I was like, I don't know about a house because who's mowing lawns? Even though I knew how to mow the lawn because my dad made me. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he had only had girls. He had five girls. Yeah. Um, he and my mom. And so, um, but I was like, I don't want to mow the lawn. So I bought a condo. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I bought it in 2006, which was, the, we did not know about the crash. I did not yeah. know. And so I was like, ooh, I bought a condo for $220,000. I'll never forget. Where at? And um, in uh, Franklin, um, New Jersey. Okay. So right outside of um, Rutgers. Okay. Um, and I was feeling grown. I was like, <laughs> look at me. I, I got my master's by then. And um, I had this $50,000 student loan debt for my master's. Mm-hmm. I got this condo for two twenty, And I said, now I want to invest. Mm-hmm. I'm ready now. We're not thinking about the 50000 though. The student loan. So I, I think I was like paying it, you know, because I was, mm-hmm. it was the only debt I had. I didn't have yeah. credit card debt. I paid off in full every month. Yeah. And so it was really the only debt outside this new mortgage. Right. You know, so I was Which, like, okay. You know, how like some financial, or like kind of Dave Ramsey-ish, he'll say, okay, 
Stay in your house. Don't go outside. Only turn on one light until you pay off <laughs> this $50,000 student loan. Well, I'll say that that <clears throat> if you have very expensive debt, meaning like mm-hmm. you've got a 22% credit card, yeah. then you might want to adhere to some of that. Got it. But a student loan, you know, I don't remember my interest rate was 5 6%. I'm like, yeah. No. Gotcha. Okay. You know? Okay. So I um So debt doesn't give you hives. It's just It did right. when I had credit card debt. Yeah. So I I was feeling good and I said I want to learn how to invest. But why should I ask my dad who knows all the things? I'm going to ask my friend who looks rich. You 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 live in Atlanta now. <laughs> the land of the Lambos. He had himself a Lambo, a penthouse in New York. He was a scammer. Was he? OG scammer. I original mean, scammer. the original. But he's in jail now. So, hey, I don't even know you can see this in jail. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, he, so he told me, I said, I want to learn how to invest. He was like, you know what? First rule of investing, Tiffany, use other people's money. I was like, oh. A scammer. Yeah. Okay. You know, which I should have known he meant my money. But okay. I didn't know. I was like, okay. He said, do you have credit cards? And I did because I, I never, I always used my credit card. My dad said pay it off every month in full. And I mm-hmm. did. And he was like, um, you should open up another one and increase your limits and you could pull money off. I was like, you could pull money off a credit card? I did not know this. Mm. So he had me pull off, I want to say $20,000 off credit So the card. first part was good. Get another credit card, start building out your credit. Yes. But then the red flags come. I mean, who knew? I was not, I was colorblind. I pulled $20,000 off a credit I should have known because I remember distinctly. I was at Wells Fargo in Newark on Elizabeth Avenue. When I taught preschool, you used to have to wear like a nurse's uniform. Mm-hmm. You know, so that way you could play and the kids mm-hmm. won't mess up your clothes. So I'm in there. I probably look like 10 years old asking for $20,000 off this credit card. <laughs> just got. They were literally like, are you okay? They kept me there for 45 minutes, like quizzing me. I'm like, I'm fine. Nothing, no, no red flags, no blinking mm-hmm. lights. And I just was like, why not just give me my money so I could be out? So eventually they were like, all right, well, she's an adult. Yeah. They gave me my money and I gave it to him. And we had a contract that I thought was so official. To so, do what though? So he was originally from, he, supposedly, so he was originally from uh, Paris, France. And mm-hmm. he said he had a bunch of like stores there. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to, purchase commodities here, like goods like um, Levi's, things were very American-based, Converse and things, and then ship them in a barrel to his stores. And mm. then he would sell them because like French perfume is more expensive here. Yeah. You know, American things are more expensive there. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. And so, uh, you know, the first week it sounded great. He said, I purchased all the things, it's in a barrel, it's shipping to France. And my return on investment was supposed to be, which sounds so crazy now, $2,000 a week for two years. Off a $20,000 investment. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to be rich. I was like, yo. You too could have a Lambo. I mean, I said, say less. I mean, so I believed it. I didn't tell anybody because I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be rich. I'll be able to save more. Mm-hmm. I want to retire my parents eventually. And I'm like, this is the beginning of like me making money moves. Yeah. Um, of course, he promptly stole my money. But not even, I, I prefer a clean thief. Just steal my money and go. For months, he strung me along like, you didn't get the money? Check your bank account again. For, for months, I said, no now way. I look back on it, I was like, it's a special hell. Wait for his, <laughs> but he's in it now, because he's in jail. So, um, but so I didn't, it wasn't until later that I <clears throat> met other people he had scammed. Wow. Um, and then he tried to scam the federal government and they locked him up. Mm-hmm. He tried to like, I guess like create some like, fake um, passports and things. And mm-hmm. this is like 9-11-ish time. He's Muslim. But they was like, no, sir. Oh, wow. You're black and you're Muslim and you, you're faking it. Like, yeah, so. Under the jail. Uh, under the jail. Goodness I was like, gracious. you know, if it doesn't come out in the wash, it comes out in the rinse, right? So, you know, <laughs> it might not have been me, but right. you got got either way. What, okay, somebody in that, okay, it sounds too good to be true. Yeah. 
Sometimes it be true. But the likelihood that's going to happen to you is very unlikely. <laughs> so I was like, because also, too, here's the thing. If it was really good, I could have run about my dad. And he yeah. said, because I didn't tell him two years later, he would have yeah. been like, this doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. You know, he would have been like, as somebody who's been in this space, like, this doesn't make sense, you yeah. know? Um, and so, yeah, but I didn't tell anybody because I just thought that I was like, you know, I was young, 25, 26. But then I made a, a dumber move. So $20,000 already gone. Now I have these credit cards. And I was like, I mean, I'm about to be rich. So what's to stop me from purchasing more things? No way. Because I wasn't dumping. All the stuff your dad taught off you. Off the you window. On the set, I, you're on the right path. I mean, I was, up until about 25, I was financially perfect. I had an 800 credit score. I had bought that condo. Mm. No debt. All the things. And then I was like, why should I have a good life? <laughs> so I, God, Were you dating him? No. No? No. It would have. That's what everybody thought, too. I mean, he tried to date me, but I was just like, no, I just, I'm here for the financial information. Yeah, I want my money. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, just give me money. Yeah, so I was like, so, so I, I didn't spend, I didn't use my credit cards as frivolously. Mm -hmm. I bought, a, um, I mean, now everybody has the courses, these mm -hmm. high-end courses, but I invested in one of those back then. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, because I was like, okay, money is coming in, and it was a course about basically how to, how to basically how to make your money more money, like what mm -hmm. everybody's teaching now, mm -hmm. but back then, and it was $15,000. No, it wasn't fifteen. Yeah, 15000 Oh, wow. And I know, which I'm like. Back then? Back then, I know. Yeah. I'm not even going to say the name of the guru, but whatever. Ty Lopez? No. He was the only one really back then. No. Well, he's the first one on YouTube going on. Yeah, no. No. So I purchased. Did the, it work, though? No. <laughs> so I purchased the course. So now I went from no credit card debt to $35,000 in credit mm. card debt in a matter of like three days. Wow. But I, I, I mean, for months, I felt good. I was like, because my money's coming. Yeah. And then it didn't. And, and I remember thinking like, what am I going to do now? So what I did do, the good thing is I did, it was like, I was like, okay, I have this credit card debt. I still have very good credit. I rolled it over to, um, I think I got like two years worth of like balance transfers, like to mm -hmm. a 0% card. Yeah. So now whatever money you pay Tiffany, there's no interest got and it. God for good credit. Yep, yep, so I was yep. like, okay. So I was already setting up. I was like, okay, school's about to start up again. Cause mm -hmm. the summertime I wasn't working. I said, so you are a really good saver and budgeter, you just gonna have to live tight. You could pay this off, honestly, in two years, you just gonna have to live tight and just, yeah. you know, do what you gotta do. And yeah, I said, okay. Dad, dad's kicking in now. Yeah, so dad's I was like, yeah, he was back. I know, I know, he was like, finally. Welcome back, Dad. Then three days before the new school year was supposed to start, they were like, uh, ain't no more school. I was like, wait, what? I knew about the recession, because my wow. friends were all complaining, but I was like, not me though, because I'm a teacher, we're essential. Mm -hmm. Apparently not. Yeah, they closed mm. our school, and I was like, but I need, what am I, I have a, I have a mortgage. I, I have all this debt. How am I going to pay my bills? And that was like the first time I actually got really scared, wow. you know? And so I ended up, um, I called my older sister, Karen, and I was like, what do I do? And she said, what's the worst case scenario? I said, I lose my house to foreclosure because I don't have any money. Yeah. And she was like, well, what do you do? What, what would you do if you lost your house to foreclosure? I said, I guess move back home. And she's like, well, why don't you do that now? Why wait? Mm. I'm going to tell daddy. You know? And so like I brought a lamp home. And a side table, then my mattress. He was like, what's all this? I was like, I'm home. And even then I didn't tell him. I just said, he knew I lost my job. But I didn't tell him about the scam until years right. later when I wrote about it in a book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need you to read chapter 10 before this comes out. Oh my goodness. And he was like, what? I'm like, it's fine now. He was yeah. like, you should have, Tiffany, I could have told you this. I'm like, I, I'm 30 something now. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I'm so glad for that because it taught me because I used to teach financial education from a place of like, I, I ain't made no mistakes. Yeah. Why you do that? 
and then I made all of the mistakes. Yeah. For so sure. then I got to teach from a place of compassion. Because I understand now like what it feels like to feel like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Everyone doesn't have a mom or dad to go like move back home at 29. For sure. You know? For sure. And so it just gave me a lot of compassion for people. And like, how do you dig your way out from when there's broke and then there's broke broke? Yeah. You know, like I don't have a dollar in my purse. Yeah. You know, people say they're broke, but they have some savings. Yeah. No. I drained my retirement account oh, to try wow. to save my condo only to lose it. I wish I could have told mm -hmm. Tiffany back then, you're going to lose it either way, sis. Keep your money. Man, mm -hmm. but all the schools didn't shut down, though, did they? No, because it was a nonprofit-based school, and so they got their money, their funding from gotcha. corporate entities who were like, "This is for looks and show." <laughs> like we don't got it for these black babies. <laughs> Sorry, and so that's why it was like a nonprofit-based school, and they lost their funding. You didn't just get on your grind of like looking for another. I did, job? but it was it, you know you have to think to yourself. In September, they're not starting school without teachers. Yes. So they're like, we have our teachers. We'll let you know. And so I was babysitting and tutoring things, but it just, you know, I was just kind of waiting for like a teacher to, to get pregnant and be on maternity leave or whatever. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, and also too, if I'm being honest, um, I was really scared to go back to what I thought was safety and security. Cause I'm actually risk adverse. People think that like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. out here making these moves. No, no, I'm highly risk adverse. And for the first time, the thing I thought was super safe, which was like, you know, being a teacher yeah. seemed like the riskiest thing in the world to me. Hmm. because I was like, if they could take that, yeah. then what else? And so, and so I thought, well, if I can do my own thing, at least I will see it coming. Yeah, for sure. You know? And so like, so to me, entrepreneurship actually felt safe in comparison mm -hmm. to working for something that was deceptively safe. I like it. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's interesting. So I would imagine the next parts of the story is you're leaning into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and I want to know how you got out of that. But there are a lot of people, I mean, it seems like entrepreneurship is the worst option right now. I need to get something safe and secure yeah. because I'm in pounds of debt. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. The only thing I know to do is to get a job. So I'm very interested in how you got out of this Well, hole. Well, the, the entrepreneurship, like I said, seemed the safest. Yeah. At the time, thankfully, I was able to get unemployment. Mm -hmm. Since I moved back home with my parents, I rented out my condo. And even that- oh, So you didn't lose it? Not at first. Okay, Jersey yeah, was yeah. slow. <laughs> That's the one good thing about the Jersey um, bureaucracy. Yeah. It was slow. But I made another mistake because I was just, for years, it was like, Tiffany, every mistake possible, we're just going to have you do it. I went to. What's up, podcaster or soon to be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. 
And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal got to a friend Mm -hmm. who promptly did not pay me rent for like a year oh for a year almost offered i mean he would pay late and sometimes it was the most stressful i was like should i call them boys I need to call oh, your friend. Yes, I was like, maybe I, need, I don't even know nobody, but I was like, somebody has to remove him. Yeah. It was late. I should have known because he didn't have his deposit when he first moved in, and I let him move in anyway. I mean, every month was late. It was only by God's grace that it was the condo was um, I was on the, the first floor of this two floor condo, yeah. and um, the people upstairs their um their washing machine overflowed, yeah. and um, I guess we're on the vacation. And so it went to my condo and collapsed like part of the roof of the condo. But the blessing, because, you know, insurance took care of all yeah. that. But it meant he had to move out. <laughs> right. He was like, but temporarily, I put his stuff out so quickly. I was like, oh everything was on. Because he wasn't going to leave. Yeah. But because of that, he couldn't stay there. They're like, oh, no, we have to fix it. The insurance company will put you up. And then when he came back, I was like, uh-uh, you don't live here. Click, click. Wow. And I was like, so. Yo, I, yo, first off. I want to read this book more now. And you're, I'm going to have to read your first book, then your second book. Yes. Uh, because now I trust you. Yes. See? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You ain't just, if it was just your dad teaching you no. and you just financially lit your whole life, no. I would not trust you. Every okay? mistake possible. I lo- oh, I like this. Yes. I like this. Hey, so fix that mic too because it keeps sliding down. I'm sorry. Oh, oh I'm, yeah. Better ghetto production. It's okay. It looks better than it does. It is. <laughs> um, all right. So what's the big idea because you lose your job you lose your job and you start renting out the condo to someone that's not paying you and or then, late or late yes or late and I, I had a me and my cousin had an investment and we rented out to my mom and my brother i'll never do that yes 
I'll never rent out some, I'll never rent it to somebody I feel uncomfortable yes. getting out. Yes, and so that was, I just told myself, so I was like, okay, Tiffany, at some point, the lessons need to be learned. Mm-hmm. And so I just realized that you're going to lose this condom. Yeah. And so I just, and after, because after a while, um, I think my, I want to say my mortgage was 1660. Mm-hmm. And when I was renting it, I finally got a, a decent tenant, but they were paying 1200. Mm-hmm. So there was this $400 gap I did not have. Yeah. And um, the mortgage company would not take the money. They were like, if you don't have the full, we don't want it. Yeah, for sure. I was like, well, I want it. And so I was living off of unemployment and then that rent for, for like the rent you wasn't paying the money yes. for. And so yeah. that was about two years, you know, because Jersey was really slow mm-hmm. in, in, in basically taking your home because yeah. so many people were losing their, their homes during that time. So I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just wait. Just eat. I mean, and so it was that time that I said, you have this like time to make the business make money. Mm, you know what I, I mean? It. So it was unemployment and that rent that I lived off of. And pl- then, but I also lived really simply. I rented a room, mm-hmm. 500 bucks a month. It was a bunch of girlfriends and I. After you left your parents' house. After so I left were, my after, parents. You were in your parents' house. For a year. And then I was like, I can't live here no more. Yeah, 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 yeah. My parents are Nigerian. And the rules when I was 18 were the same rules when I was 30. <laughs> 12 midnight. You mean, you must be in this house. At, it's two midnight. There's nothing in the streets. But dad, I'm 30. <laughs> I mean, because my sister at the time, the baby, she was in... Um, in college. Mm-hmm. And so she, the same rules applied to her. He was like, both of you in the house. <laughs> I was like, I can't live here. I love you. But so I was like, I'd rather live in a room. And so a friend of mine was like, um, she had rented this room because I grew up in Westfield. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, there's this beautiful historic home in Newark. It's like owned by this woman. And she's renting it room by room. Really, it was for college yeah. students. Yeah. But so many of us were broke during that time because yeah. it was the, the recession. Mm-hmm. So it was like four of my girlfriends. And then we, so we each rented a room. And it was five hundred dollars uh, um, a month. Thank God, and it included everything. Nice. And I had like some beat up old car um, that barely could drive, you know. So I walked mostly everywhere. I was yeah. the fittest I ever been. <laughs> the fittest. <laughs> and I just was like, okay. So I started using social media mm-hmm. to share financial education to see if people wanted to do one on ones. And I realized the one on one model was not sustainable because they nobody had no money. Yeah. Because I would sit down with someone, typically a woman, Probably you know. For, I said um, it was between um, 100 and $150 to sit down for like an hour or two. Mm. And I was like, because I told myself, I just need to make enough to um, 500 bucks a month to make rent. Yeah. You know, so I figured if I could do four or five days a month. You're good. Yeah, at least to start, you know. Mm. And then we would sit down. I'd be like, girl, you ain't got no money. <laughs> I'm doing your budget. Yeah. She crying. I'm crying. I'm a big old baby. The baby crying because I'm at your house. <laughs> we all upset. And I was like, just go ahead. She's like, I got to give you something. I'm like, a plate of food. You know, and so I was like, that's not sustainable. Right. And then I said, okay. Then I started reaching out to different organizations to see if I could teach for them. The United Way said, okay. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I went from one to one Mm -hmm. to one to what I call one to few. Mm -hmm. United Way was like 10 people in my class. That same hour that I spent with the woman that was, um, you know, paid me 150 bucks. The United Way is paying me $500. I said, okay, one to few, 500, same hour. You know, and then I remember when I realized, okay, there's a one-to-many available. Mm-hmm. When one of my friends, his brother, won like class president of like Keene University, the, the college he went to, mm-hmm. and they, we were like celebrating him or whatever. And he was like, um, yeah, my first order of business is to line up some some speakers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, speaker, I never thought about that. I was like, how much do speakers get paid? He was like, oh, we have a budget of about fifteen hundred. I was like, I, I speak, run it, I Goodness speak, gracious. and I was like, so that same hour, one to one, one hundred fifty dollars. One to few, $500 for that same hour. One to many, 
1500 For the same hour. That same hour. Then, you know, my mind was like, hold up. So if I can get even more, like then, it, then I remember I got my first like um, um, $5,000 gig mm-hmm. and then $10,000 gig. And now my keynote is 100000 and the people pay it. Not a lot of people, but the people pay it. Your keynote's 100000 mm-hmm. You know, but then I really thought to myself, what about one to infinite? And that's when I started my online school, the Literature Academy. Hold on. You were getting, a, okay. First off, what type of people book you for the hundred thousand dollars? It's, it's like only a handful. You have to think to yourself these multi-international. I don't want to say names, but like so. Um, just think like you know the biggest companies that you know. Mm-hmm. So for example, I haven't gotten money from Amazon, but like it would be like a, a, a company that size because to them they're like okay, so you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did the whole Netflix thing help with that? Absolutely, it helped yeah. too. Netflix is when I raised it to it because I was fifty before Netflix. Mm-hmm. But I say yesterday's price is what. Not today's. <laughs> I said, you know, you see me on right, Netflix. Right, right. You, my book is a New York Times bestseller. Play with somebody else. <laughs> so, and like, the Incredible. thing is, though, when you get to that level, there might be only like six or seven companies, you know, but that's okay because I'd rather six companies with 100 than 100 companies with 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, you just yes. know that not everybody has it, but everybody doesn't have to have it. Yeah. You know, mm hmm. I got a little five-figure gig coming up. No, that's good. Eh, I mean, not when you say 100. No, and, and, and you've been, at, you've been at, at 50 for a long time. Yeah, so. I was at 50 for a while. Yeah, I'm behind. Yeah. No, but, but, but you, like, I, you have to do something. Like in business, you have to do the thing that I call illustrate your Oprah. Mm. Because illustrate your Oprah. Your Oprah. Oh, right? So <laughs> look at you settling there. <laughs> you about to get a picture on this wall. I right am. Now. I was oh looking at you. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be on here. <laughs> So, hey, Oprah, I see her right here over here. So, Illustrate Your Oprah is this. When I first started out, I would, people would not let me speak for free. Mm. I said, do I stink? <laughs> because, like, I'd be like, oh, I'd love to come because I would try to do volunteer work so that way I could practice, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like Chris Rock will go to, like, a, um, a local comedy club to practice his gig before he mm-hmm. hits Netflix. So, I was like, okay, let me practice on these smaller places. Yeah. I'll speak for free. They're like, nah, we good. I'm like, for free? Wow. And I was like, and I remember being so pissed that somebody wouldn't, you know, they didn't have the $150 or whatever I asked them for, something cheap that I asked them for yeah. to speak. And I was like, I bet you if I was Oprah, they pay me. And a light bulb went on. It was like, yeah, if you were Oprah, they would pay yes. me. Yes. So it's you. You mad at that, mm. but you're not Oprah. You That's need to fact. illustrate your Oprah. And I was like, how do I do that? How do I illustrate such overwhelming value that someone thinks they're lucky to get me for Mm. A thousand, ten thousand, whatever. Because if Oprah said to us right now, hey, you know, hey, David, <laughs> you would say, I'm doing all work. If you both put together $200,000 in the next 24 hours, mm-hmm. I will come and sit with you, open up my Rolodex, give you all my access, whatever. We'll get together that 200000 so quick. Yeah. Because we see the value that Oprah brings. We knew that we know that 200000 is $20 million potentially in the back end. Right. So I said, how do I illustrate my value so so clearly mm-hmm. that someone is feels blessed to have played me. That. And so that's when I started to use social media in such mm-hmm. a way. Like, so what year is this? This is, um, to, I want to say social media started to really pop 2000, like 15, 16, you know, for me, mm-hmm. like, and so I started to like post every single day post a tip of the day. Anytime I spoke, I would post like just finished speaking at JetBlue. You know, had such a great time. I got the money shot, which is what I call the shot where you're like, it's a selfie with the people behind you and everybody's yeah. all excited. Yeah. And so people were like, because what people saw is you're already out here doing it. People want to oh, get on the waiting train. I need that shot, guys. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah, just. 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. You know, like a, or like a view from the stage. So people are like, oh, David speaks. I can hire him to speak. You see what I mean? Mm. It's because I noticed this that when I spoke at a church and I would post it, churches would hit me up. And I said, hmm. And when I spoke at a women's event and I posted it, women's events would hit me up. And I thought, oh, I'm telling people what to hire me for. Like once that light bulb went on, it's like what you post is what you attract, you know? That's when I used to tell like my, my, um, I have a bunch of mentees. And so when I tell my young boy mentees, when they're like, oh, this girl's out for me for my money. I'm like, 
Well, when you fish with gold, you're going to get goldfish. That's a fact. So you out here, you know, with your chain or this or that. Oh, I mean, my so God. That's what you're going to attract because that's what you're fishing with, right? So you're mad because she want gold now. <laughs> Bro, pull your line up <laughs> and fish with books. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's the same thing in your business. Whatever you're wanting to get hired for or whatever, then that's what you have to put out there. I can make someone believe that I'm a purple alien from Mars mm. if that's all I post. Yeah. So whatever, you can literally craft what you want people to believe about you. People mm. can think that you have kids, don't have kids. They can think you live in Orlando, live in Florida. You decide. No one knows you except for like, you know, the people in your real life. Yeah. But you can craft whatever you want for social. And so for me, I was like, I'm going to be an expert. I want to be an expert that is in high demand. Yeah. In the beginning, I was speaking for free all the time. And my only ask is, can I say my clients? And they said, yes. Mm. So happy. Spoke at my client today, JetBlue. So happy. Spoke People are like, oh, she got clients. I want to be a client. Yeah, you want clients. And so that's how the business yeah. started to really grow. And I started to illustrate my Oprah. I like And that's got to start to book and book and book. And, and you have to be good. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I, I practice speaking like a lot. You know, mm. people get up there and they're dry as toast. You're like, come on. Yeah. Why should somebody pay you? Like I'm an excellent speaker. Teaching helped with that, yeah. obviously. But I also practice, you know. And like literally I would get off stage and I had a little notebook where I would write down the things that went well. Like mm -hmm. They laughed at this. They really liked that. Oh, and, wow. Mm -hmm, because I wanted to each time get better. So, I, so I'll give you an example. There was this big, 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 if I said the name, um, organization, this big multi-conglomerate. I told them my rate, mm -hmm. and they were like, we're not going to pay that. Like, yeah. Basically, they didn't think When was this? This was, um, this was during the, was it during the pandemic? It was like tail end of pandemic. Gotcha. What so was, was the like rate at that point? Um, it, it had gotten to, no, at the time I was at like 75 or something like that, you know? And so we told them 75, they're like, we're not going to pay that. And I said, you are. Right? So I was like, okay. So I saw the name of um, the woman that they had. I knew she wasn't the decision maker, mm. but I saw her name. I said, that's a black woman. <laughs> I told my admin, I said, I need you to call up Keisha, who sent this email. But like, you know, and I said, I need you to say, hey, Keisha, how are you, girl? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you know about Tiffany, New York Times bestseller, NAACP award nominee, mm -hmm. Netflix, da, 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 da. And it's a shame as a black woman that she still mm -hmm, black woman has to, yes, I she like still it. has to ask, because I know for a fact that speakers get more than this, you know, that her, her rates are not astronomical. She has spoken here and here and here and here. And, you know, like, so, you know, it, I just hope that you reconsider. Mm. She said Keisha got fired up, was like, you are right. I know, Keisha. Come on, Keisha. Keisha went back and was like, I done told the people. And Keisha went, got back and she got I love that. And then I slayed because I was like, no, nah, you can't get your money now and get on there and be dry as toast. I right. slayed. Don't you know that the head of the department emailed and called to apologize to me? Oh my gosh. Back. He said, everyone was so impressed that you were more than worth what you asked for. And we wow. want to apologize. So that part is important too. Mm. Not just getting your money, but being worthy of the money that you're getting. Yeah. And I, uh, uh, I feel like, oh, so look, Zell. Push that back and then I'm sorry, okay. this Mike, because you you charged a hundred thousand dollars and you, I, <laughs> I feel like we can at least at least get your mic right. She's gonna be on stage like so. I went to go do this podcast. <laughs> they don't know who they had in the room. No, my no, mic no, no, this Okay, um, being you're really really good at it. Yes, and I think you've done a really really good job of. Um, Branding yourself around this one topic yes. of money. I call it the tree business versus the bush business. Mm -hmm. This is what I teach. So I am a mentor on the Hold side. Hold on one second. Unscrew this and then pull it back. Back. 
that's yes back keep going keep going keep going back a lot yeah back a little bit yeah there you go there you go good 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 i'll tighten it good good okay i'll turn it up a little more no 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 closer this way there we go there we go and then this part put it on top like that because this is the weight that holds it from sliding okay tilt this like this okay yeah and make this part as tight as possible and another no, spot right here right here right here so yeah, all right, cool. All right, cool. All right, we should be good. Okay. No more problems. <laughs> and make sure we, uh, maybe it's like, let's stop and start and so that he can edit that out. Okay, all right. We'll wait, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll just notate, <laughs> notate the time for Kashif. Okay, good. All right, cool, cool. All right, great, great. I think we're good now. So I, I also mentor. Mm -hmm. Actually, I just in Atlanta last night, I took out my mentees. Mm -hmm. We went to Virgil's and... I have this thing called MyMentorTiffany.com. I use Patreon. And so we've got about 4,000 mentees. You know, they, that's another... 4,000 mentees in Patreon, mm -hmm. which is different than... My, yes. I'm good at subscriptions now, as you can Come see. on, subscriptions? I mean... Let's go. See, I just low-key... I know, you know, I like to just be in the cut. Uh -huh. Just making my money, enjoying my life. <laughs> I like to be rich at Target. That's what I like to say. Um, but no, so yeah, so we have about 4,000 mentees. Mm -hmm. They pay anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks a month. Mm. And um, and so like I teach a class to them once a month, like a live yeah. class. They also um, the key with um, with communities and the key with subscriptions. Mm -hmm. You have to build a community around the subscription because yeah. people come for you, but they stay for each other. Write that down. No, I was actually calculating. You said twenty times <laughs> four thousand. And some people pay annually. You know, multiply that times twelve months. Mm -hmm. Cute, <laughs> cute coin. I like what's going on. You're my bestie here. now, right? You know? I like what's happening right now. Yes, yes. goodness gracious. Okay, yes, keep going. Keep right. Going. So, so my mentees, I, I I love working with them, and so one of the things I teach them is a tree business versus a bush business. Tree business versus a bush business. Okay. Yeah. So a tree business, a bush business is so this is a bush, right? Mm -hmm. So think about like your local like um corner store. Mm -hmm. You know, they sell chicken, change. Tech cashing, <laughs> you know, they, they, you know, DVD, you know, yeah. but the problem with the bush business is that you sprout so quickly. These branches are very weak and you never, you never get the opportunity to really grow. Yeah. You know, so that's what most, most young or new entrepreneurs do. I do everything for everybody. Yeah. You got a bush business. Yeah. A tree business takes more um, patience. Yeah. So you have one solid tree trunk. I am the budgetista. So yeah. for the first like five, six years, that's all I did was teach budgeting, budgeting, budgeting. You, you build trust. You build aberration, care, community, all around that one core thing. And now I can branch off into, I do mentorship. Yeah. I do books. I do, I have a podcast. I, you know, you see what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So um, now I can, so think about Nike. When Nike first came out, they literally just made running sneakers for runners. Now you can buy Nike rackets, Nike water, Nike hat, because they understood I am a tree business because from that trunk, you can branch out and do damn near anything. Yeah. I, you know, like I could do apparel if I wanted to. You know, I wrote a children's book that did really well. But I couldn't have done that if I would have sprouted too quickly. But people, especially new people in entrepreneurship and young people, because social media has y'all all messed up thinking like you got to make a million dollars your first 30 seconds in. <laughs> that they think to themselves that like, you know, like I got to do all this now. It's like instead of having the patience, here's the thing. I don't want to be here just for a good time. I want to be here for a long time. Yeah, for sure. For you know, sure. like I want to grow generational wealth. And so there's two ways in business that I think you either, you know, you have a business that has this like, you know, I'm in it for a long time and mm -hmm. it will continue to make money. And even when I sit down one day, 
I have things that will continue to make money that I don't have to show up for, yeah. you know, and low key, if I didn't want to work anymore now, I wouldn't have to, yeah. you know, or if you are going to have a flash in the pan business, understand that's what it is, that you're going to get your money in the two or three years, you're going to live off very little of it and then invest that money and then live off the interest. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, but you have to, because some people have a flash in the pan business, but they don't know that's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, oh, you made $20 million your first year? See you next year. <laughs> right. That After pan- the pandemic. Right. The pan- exactly. The pandemic <laughs> had people feeling real good. They're like, yeah, this is what I do. I'm like, mm. one year does not make a business. For sure. And then they live to that fullness of what the business made. And they're, they're, so many people are out of business now. Yeah, 100%. You know, but for and me. taking them Lambos back. I mean, when the pandemic hit, if I tell you how much money we put up and saved, I knew. I said, oh, no, no, no. You Let knew. Because I said the way, this is the way pendulum swing. A pendulum is that thing that you see that goes back and forth. Yeah. When something goes too far left, it doesn't just all of a sudden go back to the middle. It has to go all the way right mm. before it settles back in the middle. So I said, all this money we make, we made the most amount of money. We had our first two eight-figure years during the pandemic. I said, mm, this ain't usual. <laughs> I said, we, it's about to come back the other way. So I put up nearly a year's worth of savings. Mm. to see us through the rough times. And guess what? This year was a rough time. Yeah. I'm being all the way candid. You know, it was not an easy year in business. We made less than ever before, but I had, for both of my companies, I had money put up. I was yeah. like, all right. You know, we never missed payroll. We never, yeah. because I knew that that was going to eventually come. Like, you have to understand that your spring and fall time, if you think of yourself as a squirrel, right? If you're spring and fall time when you're collecting all those acorns, it's not just for spring and fall and summer. Yeah. It's for winter too. Yeah. So if you eat up all your acorns in the, su- in the spring, winter comes for everybody. Yeah. What you going to eat? <laughs> you know, so I'm always setting aside for winter. And we, we had a, a, um, a business winter this year. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay. What would you attribute the business winter to? Change. Is it just, uh, it was kind of like a big, um, a big difference between, okay, our spending habits now. And we're like, oh, it's like shock value. Oh, we got to chill for a second. A mix of things. One the market is a little bit flooded. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody got a call. Everybody got a call. Everybody's a business guru. Everybody's, I'm like, okay. Just so you can trust me, okay, I've been a full-time entrepreneur since 2012. <laughs> and we've had our, uh, we have a, a morning meetup group uh, that we've been doing since 2017. So that's, I, I, I understand entrepreneurship. And right now you are, like you're saying, seeing a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. that, um, you made some money in 2020. Mm-hmm. You came out of course in 2021. You started doing lifestyle marketing, and then you do a podcast run. Mm-hmm. Now you like look like you know something, but it, you can't trust a coach that have only that's only been through the summer. Yeah, because also too, here's the thing: like I was not coaching in business until basically this is like my first full year, mm-hmm. 15 years in. Because yeah. what, what, what am I talking about? For sure. I have made all the mistakes I have made, you know, so I'm coaching from a place of if, if, if your business coaches, only business is the coaching. A hundred percent. It's like, 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 like right. that, that, that's, um, that's my homeboy in jail right now. You know what I mean? And not to say that I know some business coaches are like, I'm just like, whatever. I look, I, 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 I've said a few times and it's so, it's so interesting because I know a lot of people, I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. and I was telling my community I'll never really outpace my uh, like my regular business mm-hmm. with like the money that you're paying me only because I'm like, we still got to be out in the field to tell yeah. people it's only because mine's around entrepreneurship. Yes. So yours around finances. And I think uh, the whole world needs that. Yeah. But for me to even feel like I'm doing a service, 
I have to feel like I'm going to go get new information every day from mm -hmm. the field, not just you pay me to tell you something. Because like truthfully, like I I'm running several businesses. So when I coach my mentees, mm. I'm like, you know, I, the mentee business really is not the business for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I started off at 10 bucks a month because I was like, let's just see. Yeah. This is fun. I already had mentees already, but mm -hmm. I thought, because people kept asking every day and I said, well, what if I had a platform super easy to use where I can mentor, but it doesn't feel overwhelming, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then it made a cute coin. I was like, okay, I, I like doing this. Yeah. But that's not the, my business is I have my podcast, which is a business, a six-figure yeah. business. I had a marketing business before. I, I closed it down like a year ago, which is a multi-six-figure business. Ooh, what was that? Um, I had a business partner before and we used to when certain brands came to us and wanted us to market in this particular way we would do it through this business oh so you reach out to other people to help you market well it was like well sometimes it was almost <clears throat> like they wanted us like let's just say i'm just making up a financial brand like a, a credit brand you know and they wanted me to 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 market their credit tool or whatever um the budget nista is a business of like books speaking whatever so it wasn't a marketing company so we created I this marketing see. company to do that work, you know? I got um, you. So I had that business, but I closed that down. That was a multi-six-figure annual business. Um, the budget needs to multi-seven-figure. Your business, mm -hmm. well, this year, different, but <laughs> typically. And then my online school, that was the eight-figure of your business. So I had, so now I can come yeah. to you and say, I know what Broke Rogue looks like. I yeah. know what beginning looks like. I know what launching looks like. Mm -hmm. I know what books. You know, I, we could talk books. We could talk podcasts. We could talk subscription. Yeah. We could talk speaking. Yeah. We could talk spokesperson. Like, you know what I mean? So I have this well-rounded, yeah. like, experience of, like, you know, and also it wasn't fast, you it know? So I'm not, because some of these businesses, they don't even realize that they're not as good as they think mm -hmm. because it happened so fast. Yeah. You don't know if you're good or bad until you have a rough year. 100%. And you're like, oh, this is business. 100%. Yeah, so this year was a rough year. We're still well into the black, but yeah. it was a rough year for us. Yeah. But I knew already, I was like, it's about to be a rough year. I could tell. I could take the temperature because the buying People are buying differently. Mm -hmm. One, a recession is basically here. If not here, it's, it's coming. Mm -hmm. People are shifting. Inflation has been crazy. People don't have money like they used to. And also, too, the market has been flooded. There has been all these publicized scams. So people mm -hmm. are, are, are more, more hesitant. More hesitant. Yeah. So I saw the writing on the wall. And so for me, something I teach my mentees all the time, what I call the pre-pivot. You don't have to be in it to pivot. Like I like to look like I like to look five years ahead of time and say, let's start the pivot now. Yes. Because when everyone else is scrambling, we're wrapping up our plans. Mm. And so we already, and that's what we've been doing. Like the pivot that I'm making a budget Nisa. And I'm not telling y'all because we be doing stuff over here and I'm like, dad, can I breathe? The girls be watching with their notebooks out. I'm like, can I make some corn in this space before? So the new pivot is an amazing pivot. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you about it five years from now. Um, but what I can almost I, what can, I can almost bet is that it's still around financial literacy. Okay. No. No. <laughs> is that not the core? It's part of it. Not really. I mean, uh, kind of. <laughs> it's a it's a really great pivot that no one else is doing in this space. But that's what we do. I'm mm -hmm. I'm almost always a thought leader. If I'm yeah. being honest, people might not know. So, for example, like, you remember when everyone's name was like all their schools, everybody called their school like Academy? Yes. Right. Nobody. When I started the Literature Academy like seven, eight years ago, I chose the name Academy because it sounded weird because no one, everybody was like course or this mm. and that. The only Academy I really could think of was like, you know, these um, government, like, you know, like if you were in a boot camp or mm. you were nobody, I specifically chose that because it wasn't used. And so it seems like, well, everybody's Academy. No, they weren't. I promise you, because we do our market research. We did a year of market research about what to name our online school mm -hmm. to make it stand out. And so we, I, I picked 
it was like university, college, all these other names. And we decided on Literature Academy. And it's so funny to see everyone's name. And they, they just take it for granted. Like, oh, yeah, we just call it Academy. I'm like, do you? <laughs> and like, or like financial educator, right? Nobody, that's a term that I, I, I created. Because I was like, I, there was no financial educator. It, it took me a year to come up with that term. I said, what can I call myself? I'm not, a, I don't want to be a money coach. I don't want to be. So I did, I, I did about a year's worth of research to be like, okay. But Tiffany, you used to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Teaching finance. Financial educator. Yeah. I love it. Now everyone's a financial educator. But you know, that, that term did not exist. And so the people will tell you that's not true. Okay. <laughs> but no, because I mean, so I'm careful now about the things that we share mm -hmm. that we're moving into. Yeah. You know, because I know that like there are people who move faster than I do. Yeah. So I'm like, let me. Let me. I got you. I got you. Okay. We will see. Yes. We'll you. See. Yes. <laughs> um, I went through a very um, traumatic uh season of my life okay and i honestly have not recovered since okay. so it was the passing of my mom okay. and it just i don't i don't know it, I, i'm still kind of in it it's well, almost like the world is just hazy right i'm sorry how long did she pass uh 2020 okay well the, the end of the end of 2021 mm -hmm. and um yeah it's it's been uh it was just, it's, I haven't I have been right since. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it, it didn't affect my business mm -hmm. only because it happened in the height of like pandemic stuff. So mm -hmm. it, was, it was okay. But um, you had a loss. Mm -hmm. And how did it affect you? Well, one, so I lost my husband suddenly. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had an aneurysm. What year was this? 2021, the end of 2000, um, November 2021. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, you know, sometimes people have cancer or they're sick and I don't know what's better or worse. I don't even know that there is such a thing, mm -hmm. but his was really sudden. He yeah. literally called me. and was like, maybe I have a terrible headache. I'm going to go to the emergency room. I said, okay, I'll meet you there. And you know, the doctors were like, okay. Cause he had had an aneurysm before. And, but it, you know, I mean, surgery, you know, it's a lot, but mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's what's happening. We've been through this, you know, it's hard, but it's manageable. And the doctors were like, cause usually with the aneurysm, Aneurysm is like, you think about a vein, think about a vein like a balloon, and there's mm -hmm. a soft spot in the balloon. If you keep blowing the balloon, that soft spot in that balloon mm -hmm. that will pop. Gotcha. And so an aneurysm is that, that soft spot in your vein, blood rushes through your vein, it will pop. And typically, if that pops, you die very quickly. Oh, no. And so an aneurysm is when the bubble just exists. Mm -hmm. And so, but if you could catch it ahead of time, for the most part, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that's what I thought of. The doctors were like, the fact that you're speaking, it hasn't burst. You're gonna be fine, you know. And so, he was here on Monday, not here on Thursday. Just, oh. And in the moment, I remember when I was in the hospital with him, realizing that he wasn't going to make it. I remember thinking, like, what's really important here, Tiffany? Because I worked a lot, you know. You don't make that kind of money, you know. You yeah. don't work a lot. And I just remember thinking, like, um, the only thing I kept thinking was like, I wish I had more time to love him while he was physically here. And I wish I had more time to connect with him while he was physically mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, like, then those are the only two things. Yeah. And so he was the king of it's enough. He was just a regular dude, worked for housing, Newark mm -hmm. Housing Authority, a super, made regular dude money. You know, we all have this, this conversation <laughs> regular about Regular dude money. But I'm just saying, like, you know, every time I want, I want my six figure, I mean, mm -hmm. my husband never made over 60000 I mean. Wow. You know, I mean, like, I make more than that in a month. Yeah. You know, but just like I met him when I was a preschool teacher and he was the maintenance man of the building. So we knew each other in our 20s, you know? Wow. And so, but just a good, good, good man, you know, like 
looked after everybody. He called my parents more than I did. Mm. You know, like was like cut my nephew's hair, um, looked after my sister. Just a good, 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 good man. So when I hear women have that debate, I mean, I get it. You have to decide what's right for you. But I'm saying for me, like I didn't necessarily need a man that made a ton of money because I always knew I was going to make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. You know, that I wanted somebody. There's a few things I need in my partner. Someone who is intrinsically kind, meaning you're kind because you're kind, not because it's me. Yeah. Because when I get on your nerves, how you going to be? Yeah. So he was kind to everyone. Like when he passed away, neighbors who I never met, because I'm not that friend. <laughs> neighbors who I never met were knocking on the door and they were like, I heard that the, you know, the guy who lives here passed away. And I was like, who are you? I'm the, like, I live up the street. He used to rake my lawn, little old lady. He used to mold it. He used to bring my, I mean, but that was him. He was like the black Mr. Rogers. Wow. And so, so intrinsically kind, someone who put in effort. Mm -hmm. And so he always, our last, like, if you were to look at our text, we had a really good marriage. Mm -hmm. Like, no, actually great. So when we first got together, it was good. But he was really good at communicating. I wasn't. What year did y'all get married? We got married 2017. But we had been mm -hmm. dating off and on since mm -hmm. like our 20s. Um, and so we, he was a really good communicator. And so I grew up in an African household. You don't talk. You just, mm -hmm. you either get yelled at or you just be quiet. Yeah. So he taught me how to communicate. Like, what's really wrong? Wow. No, like, speak. Like, you're an adult, what's really wrong? So we had, because of that, we set, like, rules for our marriage, like, rules of engagement. We, like, in the beginning, it was like, how do you want to argue? When yeah. we get, you know? Like, so I was like, well, I grew wow. up. Wow, yeah. how do you want to argue? Yep, so That's I was like, so I was like, I don't, I don't, I grew up with yelling, I don't want yelling. He said, okay, you know? And I was like, I know, you know, you used to be out here in these streets, but I don't want cussing. <laughs> he was like, okay, you know? And so, um, you know, meanwhile, I was the yeller. Mm -hmm. He was like, you, people think that I, it would be me. He was 6'6", six, six, you know, he was like, it's you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, my tone. <laughs> so, right? And so, so we had this thing where when arguments went from helpful to hurtful, mm -hmm. we had a safe word. It was pineapple. So let's just say we're like, and then, and then pineapple. Whoever said it, that means everything got to cease, mm -hmm. split. Because you'd be like, what? Because you're about to dig it good. You know, you're like, like, I'm about to win this argument. He'd be like, pie. Napples. <laughs> and you're like, because you're like, you want to say one more thing? He's like, oh, we don't respect the pineapples. I'm like, I'll be downstairs. But it was the best thing because I would always visualize and I would, we would visualize together that we were in the same jersey. Mm -hmm. So why am I fighting with my teammate? Mm. I know in this moment I want to win, but what? Against my teammate with the same jersey on? Wow. And so that, like, so we had things like that that just made our marriage from good to great to really amazing. Yeah. And so it was just a really great, Great, great man, because he was just a good, good, good man. And so that effort part is the third thing that I look mm -hmm. for. And then the last thing is I have to be able to feel like I can be myself. Because I could be a little bossy. You know, I can work a lot. I could be the yeah. chatterbox. But I want to be able to show up fully as myself and not feel like I can't be me. Yeah. And so with him, I was able to do all of that. And so his loss was so great, not just to me, but to like his friends, our neighbors, mm -hmm. um, our family. But he was the king of it's enough. Because yeah. I was like, oh, babe, when we make this, when I make this, you know, we're going to move to this bigger house. He was like, well, our house now is enough. It's paid off. Yeah. We bought it cash. It was a foreclosure. You know, we renovated it to our liking. And he was like, I, the house is enough. And then we're going to get this car with a, it's enough. Yeah. So he has, a, um, I have a, a bonus daughter. She's, she just turned 17 a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. And so he would always be like, you good, baby girl's good, I'm good. That was his thing. Like, that's what life was for him. If yeah. you're good and she's good, I'm good, but I couldn't see that. I was, I was like, there's more to be had. Mm. I can make more money in business. I can, I can, I can. So when he passed away, I was like, it's enough. Yeah. It's enough. To what end? Tiffany? Man. Because how much more money? 
If you don't work another day in your life, your life will literally not change. I just bought a condo. I paid for a cash. You mm. know, I'm giving my sister my house so she can stay there with her two kids. Wow. You know, I just told her carry the covering, you know, carry, cover the carrying costs, which is like, yeah. you know, minimal. Just the, because the, there's no mortgage. So yeah. just the, um, you know, the bill, the light bill, electric bill, water bill, and the taxes. Yeah. You know, which is like less than half of what she's paying now. So it allowed to set herself up for financial mm. like security and they get this beautiful house. Yeah. You know, I bought a condo down the street and I, like I said, I paid for a cash. They're, they're renovating it now. And to me, I'm, I'm creating a life of enough. I like that. If this year would have freaked me out a few years ago about not making as much as what we yeah. normally make. But I'm like, girl. and even still, this is, you lived off of like what? 20% of what you made. Like how much more? Like you don't even, I'm not, you know, you're not going to see me. Like people typically run into me at Marshall's <laughs> for real. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, so what more else do you need? Yeah. So now I've created a life of myself where I call it the perfect day. And it's things like going outside, mm -hmm. movement outside. I love to walk. I walk on like an hour or two every single day. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Every morning. Um, it's hearing someone say, I love you and saying, I love you. It's um, spending time with people that I love with on the phone. Like I love to like call my family and friends who I, you know, and it's, um, eating good food that's also good for me. These are things I have listed on my perfect yeah. day. And if I could check off most of these things, I'm like, yo, you had a perfect day. But none of these things are attached to money. Yeah. You know, because I get it. You know, if you're broke, it's going to be hard to hear this because you're like, because it's true. Yeah, Until 100%. you get to a place of like being able to take care of yourself, being yeah. able, then, you know, you're not going to be able to hear this. But there is a moment where it's actually enough and you can overshoot your shot and then the law of depreciation depreciating returns comes into play which mm -hmm. is then anything in its excess even a good thing will become a bad thing yeah one cup of water great eight cups of water great 800 cups of water you're drowning yourself from the inside even water can become toxic if too much of it so ambition and excess no family no friends or what you know money in excess can you you know you you have no you can't touch reality you know what i mean I met a woman who sold her business for $1.2 billion. I was at a conference, this um, like author's conference, and she told me for eight, it took her eight years to mm -hmm. build up the business, and she said um, she worked 100 hours a week on average, her and her husband. Mm. And I mean, that's the pinnacle, right? We all yeah. wanna, and I asked her, because I could see in her that there was something underlying, and I said, would you say that it was worth it? She said, no. Oh so my quick, gosh. I said, I have sold your business. $1.2 billion. Cash, not stock options, because she had such a solid business, they bought it cash. Of course, she had some investors. She didn't get the full 1.2, but yeah. hundreds on, of I said, was it worth it? She quickly said, no. Now I was like, she said, there are things with my health and my life that I can never get back. Because do you need 600, 700 million? 100 million could have been enough. Maybe year four would have been, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. would have been, because like, what do you, what are we really asking here, you know? Mm. And so like, so now when, that life experience, like one, I don't work nearly as hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, no, I'm not doing all that. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm like, you know? So like, I had to reduce my team dramatically, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause I was just like, I can't carry, you know, pay for everyone, you know? Yeah. Um, and now when like the space, like, you know, like I have my new book made whole, like this, like, I don't, t I've never really taught from a place of like how you get rich. For me, it's just, how do you, I want you to design your life and then I want you to match the money to the life, not your life to the money. Design the life, mm -hmm. then match how much money it needs to live that life. Yes. So, for example, my life, if I'm being candid, because I don't have any, I don't have any debt. I, I own two properties. I just actually third my sold my third one 
-hmm. husband had a, a twin brother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he really wanted to be a, um, a homeowner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, um, Terrell, you know, like, I could sell you, like, the house that, because Jarrell was going to get in, he was going to retire in a couple of years from housing. Mm -hmm. You know, he worked 25 years at a state job and a city yeah. job. You take your insurance with you. So he was going to get into, like, real estate. Because mm -hmm. I was like, well, babe, you, you already are running a 300-unit property. Why not just, we could just buy properties. Yeah, just do sure. that. You know, and so we, we bought our That's first one. ambitious Tiffany coming. Yeah, you see? I was <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> okay. And he was like, okay, because then he was like, well, what am I going to do by 45? Yeah. You know, like, I, I want to make money on my own. And so, but I didn't want to be a, a, a landlord. So I told mm -hmm. Terrell, do you want to buy this property? And he said, yeah, I've been looking. And I know that was a dream for Jarrell, mm -hmm. for Terrell to have property. And Newark mm -hmm. is like hot right now. Like, you know, properties really? are going for fifty to 100000 over asking in Newark. Because mm. mm -hmm. New York is too expensive, Jersey yeah. City, forget about it. Hackensack, forget about it. all these surrounding areas. So mm. Newark has been like, it's been crazy. Oh wow! So I was like, you get you you were born and raised in Newark. You get to own a piece of it as you ought to. Yeah. And the where my property was, they're building Lionsgate. It's building a studio. Ooh! So I was like, you're welcome. And <laughs> they also too, they're building another train station mm. to directly to New York City. Oh nice! So I said, you're triple welcome. Oh. Good. So I was like, I'm gonna sell you the house at you know at market value. I know. Mm. If I put it on the market, it will shoot up, but yeah. I'll, but because I'm going to, because the house is paid off, I yeah. bought it for $10,000 from the city. It was a, it was a, a, a lien, you know? Um, and then I put 130 or something into it and I sold it for about 275, whatever. So oh, I made nice. a, you know, but I put all that money, that full 275 into the college fund for, for Alyssa. So I was like, you ain't got to worry about school, Nice, you know, nice. but that's what the money is for. Yes. Me, you know? And so I don't, like I said, I don't have any debt. I, I own my home straight out. So my life cost me less than six figures a year mm. because what am I paying for? Yeah. Lights, water, social <laughs> right, right. marshals, yeah. you know, because also too, even some of those things are budget needs. Like if yeah. I'm buying like a whatever, you know, for a gala or whatever, why am I paying for that? That's what she paid for. Mm. You know, even my car, like, no, I don't really drive for like, no, no, like the gas, the, no, because I'm a speaker. Yeah. That's what she paid for. For sure. Yeah. Like a lot of my travel or whatever, either the budget needs to pay for the travel if it's business mm. or I use like my Amex. I have, at one point I had like 1.2 million points. I just got back from Europe with, um, yeah. with Alyssa for her 16th birthday. We went to London, Paris, the Amalfi Coast, on points. On points. All, I mean, Go business crazy. class, laid down. She was like, oh, I'll say, yeah. <laughs> you don't have no real money, so you just don't get too used to this. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, but so meaning like my life, I'm still that preschool teacher, Tiffany, yeah. that threshold. Mm -hmm. My life, I live well below my means, but still live well. Yeah. So that way, I mean, whether I make $2 million take home, yeah. whether I make $200,000 take home, you, my, my life is not different. Mm. You know, I'm able to look after my parents. I retired them. I yeah. paid off their house, you know, a few, like maybe like five years ago, yeah. you know, because I wanted my mom not to, to work anymore. And, yeah. and they had taken out a second mortgage to send the, the last child to college. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, how much is on him? They said 120000 I said, oh, please. I spoke to Jarrell. I was like, I would oh, love wow. to pay off their house. He was like. I wish my mom, his mom passed away in his 20s. I wish my mom was still alive so we could do that. Let's do it. My dad couldn't believe it. He was like, are you sure? I was like, daddy, this is the, you planted the seeds. Because I was kind of the wild one of all the sisters. He was like, wow. I never thought it would be you. <laughs> so they, Incredible. Right? But think about this. Like, my mom is a nurse. I retired her about a year and a half, two years before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. A nurse. Wow. She would have been in the thick of things. A hundred percent. And my dad is in his 80s. Yeah. You know, at the time, late 70s. Yeah. So to be a nurse and then to bring back, what does that even, that's what the money is for. Mm, you I know, that's what which, the money is which for. Which makes sense on the book, yes. Made Whole. Yes. Um, 
Is it what part? What percentage you think is about finances? All of it. So made whole. So when I wrote, it's the it's the workbook version or the companion copy to get good with money. Okay. So there are these ten components of financial wholeness. Aging backwards because. You look younger on that picture. It's the, these are pictures. These pictures are saying to take take it on the same day. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? So, Hold on. So when did you do this book? So that book came out in 2021. Wait, 2021, right? Early 2021. Oh, you just picked out of the list of book of pictures. So so you know, like I the, I because they don't do black people all that great when it comes to your covers. <laughs> so I was like, no no no. I have a photographer, a sister. Right. I want her to take my picture. Gotcha. So she. This is all the same day. So this was potentially a cover. Stop for this. It's just I put the my hair. hair. Oh. Mm-hmm. All the same day. You see, trick. same ear and ear. Okay. So, <laughs> so I have a bunch of like photos from that day. Yeah. And so when I was doing the companion book, I was like, well, let's pick a photo from that day that mm. I'm, you know. That's dope. Mm-hmm. So this is all 2021 when these pictures were taken. But so when I wrote Kick It With Money. Hold on real quick because I, I have this question in my head and I, I don't even know if I should ask it. Ask. But I've never had a chance to uh I never had someone in your position mm-hmm. that I can ask this question to. Okay. So um, you lost your husband in 2021, mm-hmm. and it's two years later. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about um, Lauren London, yeah. and I was like, man, you lost uh, Nipsey. Nipsey. Yeah. Do you ever? When is it okay or safe? Do you to date again? I don't know. I have therapists. She's awesome. Thank God. Yeah. And so I guess it depends on you. you yeah. Um, of course, when you first lose your person, you're like, I'm never. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm just going to like, I'll just, basically I felt like I'm just going to wait this life out. You know, because I really yeah. believe that somehow you meet your loved ones again, you know, mm-hmm. like on the other side. Because I watched a lot of um, near-death experience videos. Mm-hmm. This is like what gave me peace. I watched a lot of near-death experience videos because I wanted to see what happens. I mean, I consider myself Christian, you know, but you say that until some real shit happens. <laughs> no, for real. You know, you're like, oh, okay, I'll have it. Oh, oh, oh. Because death is the most common, uncommon thing. Because mm. you know that people die, but not your people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know you felt like, you're like, wait, 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 wait. You give everybody else condolences. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Then it's you, you're like, 100%. wait, 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 wait. Not my person. Yeah. And so um, I watched a lot of near-death experience videos because I wanted to know, like, what happens on the other side does it just go black you know mm-hmm. and so many people pass away like for five minutes ten minutes you know on the operating table and then we're brought back to life and the story is always the same yeah this overwhelming feeling of love um oftentimes their loved ones who passed away come to get them mm-hmm. and i thought to myself okay so there's something on the other side where this person potentially is still in spirit there yeah. so i was like well i'll just wait until I could join him. I just wait this thing out. I don't even mm-hmm. care. You know, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and then like you, I remember that um, at the time I wanted to like choke my, my therapist out. Sorry, sorry, Dr. Green. <laughs> um, Cause she was like, um, I said, cause I kept saying, this is the worst thing that could have ever happen to me. This is the worst thing. And one day she said, is it the worst thing? I was like, do you want to die today? <laughs> yes. It is the worst thing. And then earlier this year, I went to Kenya with this women's group and I was speaking and they took us to do some like um, charity work and it was a safe house for young teenage moms they were either pregnant or they had a baby who had been thrown away by their family because mm. they gotten pregnant and so many of them raped by their own family members even fathers 
And these oh girls gosh. were there with nothing, giving birth to like their children as a result of rape from their parent or father. And it was for the first time that I heard Dr. Green's voice. You know what I mean? And I just, it was like the first time I realized that like there was life beyond this loss. You know, like I didn't lose everything. Yeah. My parents are here. My sisters are here. My nieces are here. My nephews are here. I have my health. Da, da, da. So for the first time, it was like, it took till this year, you know, like a year and a half after him passing, yeah. that I kind of was like, there is life outside of this loss. That it is a terrible thing, but it is not the worst thing. Yeah. It's not like a bomb was dropped and everybody's been annihilated except for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And it's hard to like, with grief, especially if you're just starting out with like the mm -hmm. process, it's hard to manage that feeling of like, I, I'm grieving and I'm so sad, but there's also life to be had. Yeah. And it's just, you just, well, the grief, the hole actually doesn't get smaller. You just learn to like live around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 100%. I don't miss him any less. And so as far as dating and things like that, I just said like, well, I guess we'll see. Because here's the thing, I had an excellent marriage. Yeah. So, and I was just talking to a friend of mine about this the other day he was complaining that one of his friends this is one of his uh, girlfriends not girlfriend but a girl whose friend that like she seems so desperate to get married that she's just like like every guy she's dating she's putting the pressure on him yeah. and I said because this country tells women who are not married something is wrong with you yeah you could be a lawyer a doctor cured cancer that's great where's your husband mm. where's your husband and then they tell you so all these women like having this kind of oh I want a man a six-figure man six-figure man Oh, she's a gold digger. She's a gold digger. But then you bring the maintenance man who's making 60. This my man. <laughs> oh, man. So, wait. Yeah, you guys are in a tough spot. I mean, Goodness. so if I choose what you told me, like, you know, like, my, I had a regular dude, 60,000, loved him so much. You think everybody was happy for me? No. Oh, not sure. Yes. Happily so. Mm -hmm. Treated me well. Home was amazing. Kind. Great communication. But it wasn't. My parents weren't the happiest. He didn't have a college degree. I have two. My dad has two. Mm. They were like, okay, I guess. <laughs> you know, they came around and began to really love him, you know, like, because he was such a great guy. But right. it wasn't like, yay, we're so happy that Tiffany is with a blue collar worker. Nobody was like, there was no confetti for that. Man. But then if I say I'm holding out for a six figure, it's, oh, wow, that's what you care about the most. So what's a woman to do? So thankfully, I am in a unique spot yeah. as a widow is that I get the benefits of being a married woman mm -hmm. with the freedom of being a single woman. Mm. So meaning that like, because I was married, it was like, people take it off the table like, oh, you weren't chosen, which is so stupid. Yeah. But no one, I don't have that pressure yeah. of like, ooh, girl, you about to, you know, you're 43, you about to, you know, you're, it's like, oh, no, no, she was already married. She's not one of them, which is so terrible, mm. you know? But I have this freedom that if I do decide to date, that like, I can do so, but there's no pressure for me. Yeah. I don't have to get married. I don't have to like, oh, I got to push out a baby. I have my stepdaughter, I got my nieces, and my nephew. So. I'm in this unique spot where, like, if I do decide to date again, I don't know if I'll ever get married again. I mean, I guess you never know. Um, that I, there's no rush for me because there's no finish line of, like, because for women who want to give birth to their own children, there is a time constraint, mm -hmm. you know? But I don't, have to, I, don't, I don't have to adhere to any of those rules. Yeah. So I'm not in a rush for anything. Because also, too, I had something excellent. So what I look like settling for what? Mm. You know, like... Right. I already had somebody so amazing. If I never get anybody else again, I will have more than most. Yeah. 100%. And I didn't realize that until so many women hit me up when I was like, what am I going to do now? They're like, I hope you know that I've been married 20 years and I didn't have what you had. Mm, 
come on. You oh know? my gosh. I hope so many women, especially in this day and age, hear this conversation. Yeah. So I like when I I don't entertain the whole, you know, should you date the bus driver or whatever. I'm just here to say that whatever whatever kind of like checklist that you have for like what you want in your mate is valid as long as it's coming from you. Yeah. Like, is the world telling you he better be a lawyer? He better be sick something. He better be or is that how you really feel? Mm. And someone asked me, I don't even know what exactly. Yeah. Taking that time to say, what do I actually need in a partner? Yeah. Because I had my whole checklist too. A doctor, a da 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 because I'm all and then I thought to myself, and I wasn't finding all of that. Or you'd find somebody like that. And you know, like, I mean, you know, prior to drug, I've been out with men who, you know, make multiple six figures and sometimes even seven. You know what they are? On their phone all the time. Mm. You know, and the truth is when I, you know, me as the six, multi six figure, seven figure earner, that was me too. I was that man. (laughs) Hold real quick. I was that man. Because for real, because how you think this money is made? Right. I'm not, you know, ain't no chilling champions. Right. Like I'm busy. (laughs) I'm working morning, noon, and night. And you know, and so I'm like, so I I saw Ian from the master investor. He said this thing that's, which I thought, you know, I don't think how many women fully get it. He was like, some of you are wanting these like high six figure, seven figure men, but you're not really understanding the level of peace that you know how to need to bring for someone like that because the level of, the level of stress. And I'm saying that from a woman who was in that position, Talk about it. my husband provided so much peace at home. I can't imagine working all those hours and coming home to, "Ah, ah, ah." it's like, Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so you're wanting that, but there is a level of peace that you have to bring because the world is crazy in that space. Mm. And so now that my husband's not here, I'm not willing to engage in that world anymore. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, if I'm not going to have this like level of peace at home from my partner, then I cannot tolerate what it looks like to have an eight figure. That, no, Man. y'all can keep it. I have enough money. I've made enough. This okay. is so good. This you know what I mean? So but people don't want to hear all that. They have to. They yeah. need to. Yeah. So I'm like, like I said, I'm not here to say you should pick whatever or you should settle or whatever. It, settling is choosing somebody based upon what somebody else has decided for you. Yes. So if you're like, no, I absolutely need somebody who makes six figures because of whatever, then have that sis, yeah. as long as that's what you're deciding. Uh, 100%. You know, not because your mom said your, your line sisters or whatever, like it's really what you're needing. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I want for women is to like really get who they need because I look at like, you know, I don't know because I knew Jarrell so early on. Yeah. I wonder if like, I think to myself, I wonder if Tiffany, when she was successful, would I have given him a chance? You know, mm. I don't know because it was different because I knew him then, yes. you know, so I like, I got to really know him, but I would I have gotten a chance to really know him? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I would hope I would. Um, but knowing that I had that, I understand now, like for me, if I decide to date and partner or whatever again, that's what I'm looking for. Like mm-hmm. I do have some rules about earning and that you should make enough for me mm-hmm. to cover your own expenses and your responsibilities yeah. as an adult, every adult in the situation, Yeah, you know, like, so if that's 60,000 for you, you cover your expenses and responsibilities. Okay. If, if you need 150, okay. If yeah. 40 covers your responsibilities. So to me, because if two adults can cover their own responsibilities financially, then together life is easier. Financially. Oh, for sure. So that's like my sure. only financial threshold. Yeah. Whatever you make, can you take care of yourself? Do you get a lot of couples that come to you and asking for help? Um, I guess I, you don't do a lot of one-on-one stuff, huh? No, not as much, but I get a lot of like um, men who are like, you need to talk to my wife. <laughs> 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 so people slide into DMs, men slide into my DMs to be like, you need to talk to my girl. Right. 
<laughs> Not to say hey boo, but to be like, you you can um yeah. my, my lady loves you. Can you tell her? Because when I tell her, it's blah, blah. but all of a sudden she's like the budget Nisa said. I'm like, all right, tell her the budget Nisa said. Screenshot this. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, it worked. What else? <laughs> what? Uh, okay, so married couple mm-hmm. versus serious dating couple. Mm-hmm. Is there different advice? Obviously, yes. Okay. So if you're a married couple, your money is already intertwined. Is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, meaning so legally, the government's like, I don't care about none of that. You, y'all two, y'all married. So like certain things that happen to you are going to connect to your wife, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so your money is intertwined in ways that even if you have separate bank accounts, separate whatever, you know, like you're married. So there's some things that are just like, like intertwined. Maybe mm-hmm. you own a home together, especially if you have children. Right. That's a, that's a legal uh, and, and financial connection. You know, even if you're not together later on down the line, both of you are going to be responsible for financially raising this child. Mm-hmm. So for what I like is, um, is ours and, I like to have household stuff together and then like separate things. So, mm-hmm. so for Jarrell and I, it was, we both had our separate checking accounts for spending. Mm-hmm. So you can do whatever you want. You know, like if you have some new Jordans, I'm not like, Let me get new <laughs> you know, cause that's how it used to be. Like when, uh, when we didn't have much, another pair, right? I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. Right. And then, so, but that, that checking allowed us to do that and be like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. That was from that separate checking. And then we had a joint checking for bills. Yes. And household expenses. Okay. So that was like, you know, the water bill, the light bill, the blah, 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 you know, whatever. So I knew if he had some new Jordans, it didn't come from the bills account. So right. why am I tripping? Right. But you would and, still check that bills account just to make sure. Right. In, in the beginning, <laughs> I did. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, you dip it in there every once in a while, you know. But, and also, too, what we learned to do, too, is even anything household, gas for the car, mm-hmm. like even date night. So that way it didn't feel like, I mean, everything, if it was a household, you could, you just, we had a, a separate um, debit card, mm-hmm. you know, so it was just like, this so is. date night was the joint account. Yes. Okay. Everything Makes was sense. a joint, anything that had anything to do with the household. And then, because I wanted that your personal money, you could do whatever you wanted with yeah. it, you know? And then we had savings like that too. We had a savings account that was um, our, our personal savings. Mm-hmm. And then we had a joint savings account okay. and then investment account. We had a. We had a, like a, a joint um, um, investment account together, yeah. a brokerage account. And then we had separate like retirement accounts. So I like that. And so one of the things I really loved about Jarrell that even though he didn't make a ton of money, he was like, I want to, because when I, I, we, I moved in with him, I was 34 and I was like, the business was just starting to take off a little mm. bit, um, but not a ton. I think it was making like six figures, but you know, that's gross. Yeah, so my yeah, take home was sure. like 50 or 60,000, mm-hmm. you know, well, I was making basically what he was making, yeah. you know? Um, so I moved in with him and he was like, he was already paying his bills. So he, I was like, well, I can go half. He was like, no. Nah. Oh. I know. So I was building the budget Nista, not having to really worry about um, bills. Our rent wasn't too, like, wasn't crazy. It was like nine twenty, but still, yeah. you know, that's why he he knew how to live under his means before mm-hmm. I met him. Um, and so started building the budget Nista, you know, uh, started to really do uh, well in business. And then we started to look for, we got married. And I said, he was like, you know, I really would love to, I want to, I want to be a homeowner before I'm 40. Yeah. And I said, okay, so let's start to look. And I had had that foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And so I, even though I made a lot of money, I couldn't be on the mortgage. They were like, For girl. Sure. So yeah. he wasn't making a lot. So the places we were looking at, I said, between my foreclosure and your income, it's not looking <laughs> cute. We're going to have to live in a hole in the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, so what do we do? Mm-hmm. And then this foreclosure came up for $180,000. And I said, well, because his thing was, however we live, Tiffany, I should be able to support us in case you want to do your business anymore. Like that was that. really important to him. I like that. He's like, I've been paying the bills. And I was like, talk about a good man. I know. 
I know. And there's some and, clowns out here. I ain't gonna lie to you. And so I was like, okay. I know them all. <laughs> so I was like, so what do we do? So I was like, you know what? We could buy this house. I said, because he was largely, con- most of his money outside of like the money he got for savings, investing mm-hmm. and, and, and spending went into the bills account. Mm-hmm. And very little of my money went into the bills account. Most of the money I was making went into our savings and investment account. Got it. So it was like, you pay bills, I save and invest for yeah. us. And so I was like, well, you know, babe, we have money in our saving and investment account. He was like, we do? He like never looked. And I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, but the house is 180. I'm like, yeah. It would be just about, but mm. he said, like, we got 180,000. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we bought the house. Nice. And then we renovated it. And so what that meant was now, like our, our, our rent was 920, but now we don't have to pay rent anymore. Yeah. And our mortgage was zero, but our taxes now were like 700. Mm. So we had a house costing less money. So he was still able to pay the bills because there was no mortgage to incur. You see what I mean? Love it, love it, love and so once we realized, I'm like, oh, that's a good plan. So I was like, you know, I, he wanted to get a, um, a car. Mm-hmm. And so I don't believe in buying new cars, waste of money. Mm-hmm. So I like a car, one year, two years old, like max certified pre-owned, you know? And so I was like, okay, so let's get you a certified. He wanted like, he's a, he loves himself a cattle. He was like an old man. I want me a Caddy, a Lincoln. I'm like, all right, 80 year old pops. So he got like a Lincoln, whatever, whatever car it was, but it was, um, it was two years old yeah. and we paid for it cash from the savings. God. And so the insurance and everything else, he, cause he already had a car before, he was able to maintain our life. So our life cost us low enough. So we got the house, the cars, the thing, but it cost us low enough that his income could afford us, you know, but, but we could do it in such a way that like, because we took from the savings, yeah. you know what I mean? Like gotcha. it just was like such a great, cause it wasn't easy. I remember him saying, I feel bad. Cause you know, you make so much, how do I navigate? But honestly, I was like, well, one, there are other financial things you bring to the table mm-hmm. because he worked for the city. He got state insurance. And if you know anything about, I mean, you can get acupuncture for free. Jeez. And so he and I were trying to have a baby mm-hmm. and we did IVF for three years. Yeah. And it was almost $300,000 worth of, of and every time I went to the doctor, it was $10. Oh, wow. I remember the first time I got my big box of IVF medication that they sent mm-hmm. you at home. The bottom, the bill said $80,000 worth of medication in this box. And it said, your payment, $0. Oh, my goodness. So I showed him, I was like, this. You just brought it. I mean, yeah, yeah, you see what I mean? <laughs> right, right. And so, I mean, so I just share that, that like there are ways with your partner mm-hmm. when there is an, um, an income imbalance. If you're yeah. wanting, you know, you sure. don't certainly don't have to, to navigate what that looks like. So, our life, he was able to pay our bills yeah. and I was still able to get the things that I wanted because we would navigate. Like you do day to day when something big pops up, our savings or investments take Got care it. of that. You see what I mean? But you didn't feel the need to show him all your business financials and stuff. No, we did. I mean, oh. there was nothing. I, there was nothing. When Jarrell passed away, there was not a password, not a whatever. There wasn't anything that he didn't. I mean, he knew how much. He, I mean, he, he barely literally looked, but we talked about it. We talked about yeah. everything. He was yeah. like my best friend. It wasn't. I never once felt, like I said, I met him when I was still teaching preschool. So I never, he wasn't here for the money. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know what I mean? And so like, no, he knew like how much I made in business. And I, I think he couldn't really wrap his mind around because Jarrell, he grew up, his dad wasn't around as a kid. His mom raised him and yeah. his sister and his twin. You know, they grew up in like, you know, a housing project. And so even though I would remind him sometimes, I'm like, you know, we're millionaires, right? <laughs> and he'd be like, what? Cause he was just like me while putting on his housing uniform, like, all right, anyway, all right. I'm gonna see you for, so for dinner, can I have? <laughs> so, you know, he was just a regular dude. So yeah. even though he knew conceptually, cause mm-hmm. the last uh, three years we started working with a financial advisor, cause mm-hmm. I was making so much money that I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm like, let's work with somebody who can help us like really navigate this wealth that we're creating. Yeah. And so, so she would show us like our net worth and he'd be like, no, <laughs> that's crazy. Cause I still gotta go to work. You know, cause I asked him, I'm like, do you want to not work anymore? He was like, that doesn't really make sense. And a few years I retire and then we get to mm. take our insurance with us. Yeah. And that's one good insurance when you're older, yeah, that's so expensive. Sure. So that was the plan. It was like, this is perfect. We don't have to pay insurance in our old age because yeah. you, you get state insurance for the rest of your life. You know, by then, hopefully, because our plan was to get like an apartment building that he could lightly, because if you could do 300 yeah. units, you could do 10. Yeah, for sure. You know, and then you can make yeah. whatever your money is. You know, you'll probably make more doing that, yeah. chilling. So that we had this plan, you know. Mm -hmm. And so. So, so what it, what would be the difference between that and. Seriously dating? Seriously dating. Talk so seriously that. dating, I don't believe in blending money. But you should, at Seriously Dating, you should be talking about money and making blended money plans. Meaning like, so when we were seriously dating, we didn't have any blended accounts. Yeah. But if we were going to go on vacation, whatever, I would have a savings plan for him and me. I'm like, all right, go to the um, job and tell okay. them to put this amount of money into your savings account every pay period. And then I'm going to put this amount of money. So when we go on vacation, you know, like you have your money saved yeah. and I have my money saved. So yeah. we had blended money plans, but not intermingled funds. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And you don't recommend that because... Well, married, right? yeah, well, also, too, because when you're married, like I said, there's some legal things that you like, like that, you know, like, let's just say Jarrell and I would have gotten divorced, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, although we did have a prenup because I believed in that, you know, hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember he was like a prenup, like on the movies. Hold on, but when y'all got married, you wasn't. No, I was 37. You, I was officially a millionaire by the time I got married. I got mm -hmm. you. By then the business was like. How's the conversation? At first he was like, like the movies. I was like, babe. He was like, ooh, what do I get to put in there? I'm like, because he thought a prenup was like, I'm like, you watch too many movies. I'm like, it, but he was like, but I don't want any money from you. And I'm like, it wasn't really about that. Mm -hmm. I wanted that, like, if something were to happen, I didn't want the people that work for me to have to be held up. Yeah. Like, you know, so it was, our prenup was really simple. It was what I came in with, my mm -hmm. businesses, whatever, belonged to me. What you came in belonged to you. What we built together is 50-50. Mm -hmm. So we were building certain things together, like the, the real estate, 50 50 yeah. you know what i mean so it's like so it was just like but it's just for me i wanted the businesses not to be tied up legally mm -hmm. if something were to happen you know mm -hmm. and he, yeah so it was okay. like a really simple he was like okay gotcha you know so it wasn't like i get everything mm -hmm. it was like no 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 these things are ours the house is ours these things are ours but th this these businesses right here you know i started them before i met before mm -hmm. you know we got together so i don't want to lose them if something were yeah. to happen mm -hmm. so no blended accounts while you're dating y'all got blended accounts they got a blended blended uh, situation Yes or no, Noah? Do you have a blended account? Do you have a blended account? And that's not so bad, but just know, just think about if something, because I've had this happen. A friend of mine had a blended accounts with her boyfriend. They were living together and everything. She found out that he cheated. In front of him, she said, I'm going to see when I get home. He said, you won't see me. Or he this went, money. Went right to the um, bank, drained it dry, <laughs> and dipped. I said, girl, first of all, everybody knows. You got to keep that hush. You got to be... Here, you're supposed All to have. Right. You got to take the yeah. money first, girl. And so, but, so that is the reason, you know, like, so, I mean, if living together is difficult, it's not everybody plans on getting married, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, just being mindful. I don't say, mm -hmm. like, you shouldn't at all. Just being mindful that, like, this person can, I mean, I've, I've had too many people know that their person has, like, run off with all the money. Yeah. You know, so if you are going to have something blended, have money, like, say so you have a blended savings, have money that if they were to, it doesn't affect your whole life. Like yeah. she had everything all together. So let's just say they had just one blended saving, mm -hmm. but she had her own mm -hmm. savings, own checking. Own. Then it's like, oh, he ran off with a thousand dollars, but I could still pay rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Goodness just being crazy. mindful. Yeah. 
Yo, Timmy, we're going to have to do another episode and just talk about money. Yeah. This was, <laughs> this was a roller coaster of information. <laughs> I, yo, I've enjoyed it so much. I learned about money. Definitely learned about um, emotional intelligence. I learned about, uh, for one, running a business, multiple businesses. And like you said, some people aren't going to understand the conversation of enough until they get it. Yeah. And you always hear the people that are successful, like, oh, it's not all about the money. Yeah. And a person who doesn't have it, hasn't experienced mm -hmm. it, they're like, I, I don't understand that. Yeah. And that's okay. Pretty much everyone that I've ever met that got to that level understands, wow, there's more important things. But people are, y'all aren't going to understand until yeah. it goes. And also, too, I just think that as you build success, you should also be building, like, a, you, you should just be asking yourself, like, how do I actually want life to go? Yeah. You know, do you want time? Phase. I like your relationship I mean, checklist, too. And yeah. your checklist of having a good day. That perfect day. That is incredible. Because even if I had a quote unquote rough day on the surface, I look every night before I go to sleep. Did you get movement outside? Oh yeah, I did walk two hours today. Did you see something beautiful? Oh, that Man. leaf I saw was so beautiful. Did you tell someone you love them? I did. Did someone tell you they loved you? Yes, my mom told me that. You know, like, um, did I eat something that was good and good for me? Yes, I did do that. So all of a sudden you're like, because a perfect day is about the things that you did that brought goodness to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not a slave to the thing versus like, oh, my yeah. business did this. You know what I mean? It's internally, it's working from the inside out, not the outside in. And it helps you to really like put into perspective what it looks like to live a good life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so certainly I know I have money now, blah, 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 blah. And so I want that for people. That's why I wrote, wrote Made Whole, honestly. Because well, I said to myself, like, do you have to be a millionaire in order to live a good life? No. And I don't think so. And so I was like, can I write a book that walks you to, through these 10 core components, which is budgeting, savings, debt, credit, learning to earn, mm -hmm. investing for both wealth and retirement. So it's not gonna be inside there. Okay. okay. Investing for both wealth and retirement, um, insurance, um, net worth, your financial team, and um, estate planning. These 10 core things. If you can master these 10 core things, you don't have to make, you know, $300,000 a year. You don't have to make a million dollars. You don't have right. to do it. And you that's Get Good With Money. That's Get Good With Money and yep. Made Whole. I mean, that's the companion book to yes. Made Whole. Yes, mm -hmm. got it, okay. You know, gotcha. and so like I was like, so I wrote Get Good With Money. It's like a textbook. And so many people said, I want something to work inside. I want somebody, I want to. I want you to work alongside me step by step by step. So that's like the fake book. They, remember I told you, like, you have to cut this part out. So like they, <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, like, my, my audience is okay. They, they, <laughs> by the time this yes, drops, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. official. Yeah, so they like, they put the book cover on the book and they're like, it ain't here yet, you know? But, um, but yeah, so I was like, it, can I create a step-by-step -step plan? The teacher in me is like, how do I create a step-by-step -step series of lessons that mm -hmm. walks you through with homework, with guidance, walks you through creating that plan for yourself? Yeah. So you can do what we're talking about, not have to feel like you have to make a million dollars to come on back to realize I don't need all that. You know Got what I mean? You. Clear explanations of the language of money. Yes. Simplified deep dives in the topics like budgeting, earning more, investing, credit. Okay, so how do you, how are you teaching people how to earn more? Because most people that teach you on a budget, they're just teaching you how to budget. I know, that's not enough. So to me, if you don't have enough money at the end of the month, you either have a don't make enough issue or spend too much issue. Yep. And most budgeting people focus on the spend too much issue. Mm -hmm. But I find that most people, 
typically have a don't make enough issue. Yeah. So first place that you look to make extra money that I talk about in the book is like, ask for a raise at that job. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. So ask for a raise. Well, first before you do that, don't you know right. the, the budget? He says it right. So creating what my sister calls a go me file, go me. So anytime she does something at a company she works at, she mm-hmm. literally has a folder where she's like, go me. I did this thing that either made or saved the company money, time, mm-hmm. something quantifiable. So by the time you have your quarterly or, or annual or six month review, I'm not actually asking for a raise. We're asking for a correction to my to my salary. Okay, I got nervous because I, I felt like they was all about to ask me for some extra Yeah, I know. Money. People hate what they do. But I like, like how you said something that saves us money or makes yes. money. I have no problem. Yes, because, yeah. and, and honestly, I mean, my, my it's funny because my employees, they'll have used a the book. They're like, so um, <clears throat> here's my Go Me file. But remember when you're asking for a raise to be mindful of not only like the work that you bring to the table, but also the size of the company. Mm. Like, is there is there space for that? You, I mean, like, it's one thing you're working for Amazon. Like, you know, like it's another thing you're working for a small business, you know? So mm. I, we do transparency in my company. So every two weeks we post a number. Mm. So what you see exactly how much we've made for in these two weeks, how much we made for the month and how much it costs to run the company. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me for a raise, first thing I do is say, <laughs> which is like, cause this was a rough year. I had a lot of raise askers this year. Yeah. And I was like, I hear you. And I think you're excellent. I think you're great, but let's, let's scroll into Slack and look to see. <laughs> Like, see that number? Negative. So I would love to, but don't they? You know? But you know what happened as a result of that? They started bringing the money. Mm. I said, I'll pay you more, but I can't be the only one dancing for a dollar. That's what I call being an influencer and stuff like that. I don't consider myself just an influencer. I have books and things. But it's dancing for a dollar. If it's me dancing for a dollar, I'm tired. For sure. I said, my left knee hurt, so I can't dance like I used to. When I tell you, after having those conversations... The contracts they've been bringing in, you know, I'm like, oh, wow. yeah. So, you know, I, I believe in empowering people. And so now we can have the conversation of like, okay, based upon the money you're bringing in, based upon what the company's doing, this is what I can do based upon our side. But you have to remind people when they come to you, like, you know, Jeff Bezos was a CEO and so am I. Where's my Jeff Bezos money? Mm-hmm. Because people are like, well, <clears throat> well, I am the C, C, you know, CMO of the company. So I should be making, I'm like, you compare me to, to IBM? <laughs> like right. we ain't the same thing because if that's the like, I want I want their salary too. Oh, sure. It's like it's like what you do, but also the size of company and the revenue of that company. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you have honest conversations with people, then people are not mad. Yeah. They're like, I understand. It's only when you're like, yeah, we're making a hundred million dollars and I'm paying you two dollars. That's not right. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then you deserve to be like, you know, for people to leave. But yeah. I don't. I, I mean, it's been fifteen years. We've had a, such an amazing group of people that work for me mm-hmm. you know like we have like even i call my team the unicorn squad because they make magic happen every day if i tell you some of the deals Love are just it. like oh i just locked this deal thirty thousand dollars this just happened like a few days ago i was like oh awesome you're trying to get that ready you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you put that on your list yes exactly list. <laughs> i know that's coming and that's you know that's good though you yeah, know 100 yeah and so like yeah i believe in transparency and leadership mm-hmm. You know, I believe in fairness. I believe that like, I can't be the only one winning. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have to win. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that leaders eat last. Yeah. Good leaders. So there have been times when I'm like, I, I did not get a salary for a couple of years from this business. You know, I just waited on my owner's draw. Yeah. Which what meant what everybody else got paid, paid the taxes, put aside for savings. If there's money left over, then I get to draw. 100%. If there's not, I don't get nothing this month. Man. You know? People see it from the outside looking in, you just run the business and you just got a bunch of money. I'm like, 
Like I asked, uh, we buy snacks for the for like just to have snacks here. I was like, okay, uh, how much have we been spending on snacks lately? Mm-hmm. That is a question. Let you know. Hold on. So hey, we need to we need to tighten up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it, it ain't just it ain't just sweet all the time. Yes, you know I mean? it's not because there's times like and also too you have to tighten up sometimes. Yeah, but that's why. But having those open conversations. Mm. So I'm like, here's we need to make this amount of money to make the business run. Yeah, and for the last three months we have not made it. Mm-hmm. And we're living off of savings. And just so you know, we've down from, from six months to three months. So mm-hmm. let's do math about how long we're going to last. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need everybody, like, all hands on deck. Yeah. You know? Sure. And, or, what, or, like, what are we going to do, you know? Because yeah. here's the thing. I have set aside enough where, like, I don't got to work no more. Mm-hmm. You know? But I want to make sure everybody's provided for. For sure. But this is a team effort. Yeah. And so when you put it like that, you know, a lot of people are hard, afraid to have those hard conversations. It is hard. Yeah have those conversations but it's either that or one day you just say a oh, oh, business close tomorrow right right coming the, the locks change yeah and i say if you have if you have cultivated a really good team which i have mm-hmm. people step all the way up yeah they get creative you know i want everybody to think like a ceo yeah you know like i'm not the only one carrying these burdens yeah. you know like <laughs> what can we do right you know and when i tell you they have stepped all the way up i mean mm-hmm. q4 is back half heavy love it you know love and it. i was like oh all i had to do was <laughs> light that fire yeah i've been i've been feeling real budgetista lately um and i've been uh really promoting this uh this acorn app okay use, use acorn you tell i me? do actually use acorn mm-hmm. and one i did it not for the five dollar referral fee mm-hmm. but i've been really really promoting because i've been using it for years mm-hmm. and it was interesting case said yo i don't know if i want to use another one because i'll forget and i was like yo that's the idea mm-hmm. i forgot i had the app going mm-hmm. So I have a certain amount of money that goes out uh, out of my account every single day. I do the roundup and I just forget about it because I wouldn't see that money anyway. And it's been a true uh, blessing to me. So are there any, one, you use Acorn yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what setup do you have? Um, I have like, I do do the roundup, but then I also like, in, like I put, like I call my play money. Mm-hmm. Because now that I have a, a, a CFP, a certified financial planner, mm-hmm. I give her the lump sum put into like my you know we decided what we're gonna put in my brokerage account oh, nice. you know we charles schwab that's that's where um so that's where the bulk of my money but there acorns is where like she's like i mean if you want to keep it there that's fine so i'm like that i sometimes like, i was using robin hood for a little bit mm-hmm. whenever i was like you know playing around with stocks so to me that's play money yeah. to just see but like you know for the money that like i want to so there's something called the four percent rule i go over it and made whole okay where it's you set aside enough money yeah um that you can live off four percent of the um of the of the of the money and you'll never really run out of principal. So let's just say you put up a hundred thousand dollars, four percent of a hundred thousand dollars is four thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So if you can grow your money to a hundred thousand dollars, you can generate well, because typically the market is going to yield about ten percent annually. Like that's what they'll tell you. Like over the last hundred years the right. market has yielded about ten percent. So some years negative thirty, some years negative uh, positive forty. Mm-hmm. But ten percent over the long stretch. So if you only pull 4%, it leaves you very safe not to take more than what's needed from your, from your initial investment. Right. So if you could put up a million dollars or not just save, but grow to. So, you know, over yeah. time, you know, you put a hundred thousand, 200,000 and you grow and you invest in this grow to, grows to a million. By the time you're ready to retire, the 4% rule says that it will, you can take out $40,000 a year. You know, Got it. so you okay. see what I mean? $2 million, $80,000 a year. Yeah. So, you know, so you kind of do the math for yourself. Like, oh, I'd like to live off of. Two hundred thousand dollars a year. You're looking at like five million. Like you don't have to save five million, but you have to grow to that. You know. Got it. Because the the 
the the ten dollars eventually turns to eleven. That's yes, in there exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's not like yes, yeah. you're not saving to that. You know, mm -hmm. so you're growing to that basically. But that four percent rule is like you know it allows you to not have to worry about money for the rest of your life, and then you never spend that that initial five million, one million, hundred thousand, whatever you have put up because you're only ever pulling four percent. So and that's the play. Yeah, that's honest. That's the ultimate play. Like I met. A gentleman the other day, he has, I don't know, like maybe $15 million worth of real estate or whatever, you know? And mm. he was like, um, he's like his late 40s, early 50s. He's like, you know, next couple of years, I'm about to like three years, I'm selling it all, putting the money up and living off that 4% rule. So you figure, mm. I don't know what 4% of 50 million is, but hundreds of thousands of dollars where he could just For literally sure. brush his teeth, wake, wake up and not do anything. That you know does I mean? set a goal. Yes. It gives us a goal to reach for. Yeah. And so that's right. what I teach you in like in Made Whole. It's like from the basics how to budget, how to save, how to manage your debt, how to get your credit to where you need to get it to, how to earn, right? And then from there, that's the foundational things. Then how do you invest for both retirement and wealth? Those are two different types of investing. Retirement mm. is look around at your life now. Yeah. You'll be able to maintain your current life. Kay just asked me about retirement account. I don't got it. Oh, you mean for your, for your employees or just no, you? No, just me personally. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, like I'll buy, I'll buy real estate, mm -hmm. um, Shouts out to female real estate guru. I, I do a lot of real estate stuff with her. But I never really like thought about it or even trusted the whole You should, only because the real estate so for me too, like I'm not a real estate investor. Yeah. Like I'm someone who I'm like, okay, I have two properties now, they're both paid off. I pay one eighty for one, it's now worth five hundred thousand. Okay, that's All a cute right. little bank. That's lit. I just bought one that was five hundred thousand, but honestly, it's such a beautiful property. Within five to ten years, like I could see it getting to eight hundred thousand or more, just the way Newark is Good. is going, you know? Um so so, but I don't consider myself a real estate investor. Just if I see a property, it makes sense, then I would purchase. You know, yeah. same thing with the one I sold to Terrell. Yeah. I bought it for ten thousand, put one thirty into it, sold it for almost three hundred thousand. Gotcha. You know, but so, tell me about a retirement. So you, you're wanting only because you're want. I mean, you don't have to because mm -hmm. what you're doing obviously is probably working if you have real estate. But I like to have multiple ways just in case. Mm -hmm. Because what if when you're eighty, that is the year that you know the housing prices crash for five years. Got you. So I like to have like, okay, I have some real estate, you know, but then I also have this retirement account, this brokerage account where my money's invested into different funds and I have individual stocks, some of them mm -hmm. that I've, you know, purchased. So that way I hedge my bets where, and then I also have my business. Got it. So I might sell my business one day, but I have the, the online school, I have a CEO, so I don't have to, so the business is also right. like an investment vehicle. Mm -hmm. So it's like businesses, homes, investment accounts. Yeah. So it's like, by the time I get ready to, you know, retire and whatever, then between one of y'all, one of y'all gonna be together. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, I like that kind right. of like, so just consider that, you know? Yeah. You know, and honestly, here's the thing. I like, one of the things I, I wrote, especially what made, made whole separate from Get Good With Money, is that um, when I wrote it, my, the estate planning chapter, mm -hmm. um, you know, like you talk about it, but you don't really think about it. And yeah. when Jarrell passed away, he was 41. And, Literally the week before, my my um, financial advisor was like, "Tiffany, you guys need to finish your will." Yeah, and we did it. Mm. This is so young. You're yeah. like, "Oh, later, later, later," you know. Um, did you have insurance? Yes, thank God. That's yeah. one thing. Even before me, he had like he left a good chunk. Like the job had like hundreds of thousands dollars worth of insurance. He mm. had private insurance worth a hundred thousand. Like baby girl, college for free, a yeah. home when she like love it. she's good. Good. This is what I love is that at sixty thousand dollars a year. You understand what I mean? Like, I know people think like- Get your like, priorities together You know what I mean? But, and, and what I love is that like, he was on a short before I even met him really. Like, 
he was like, he had a daughter, was like, I want to make sure she's provided for. Yeah. And something should happen to me. And so right when she was five years old, he got that insurance policy, you know, for her. And then, of course, the job provided like a really good insurance policy as well. And as a result, you know what I mean? Like, and I remember distinctly him being on the phone with his friends like, bro, get that insurance policy. You just had a baby. Like he was advocating for that. And thank God for that, you know, because when your insurance policy is to protect your assets, but also to look after the people who are your dependents when you're no longer here. Mm -hmm. So although her father is not here, financially, he is still here. Yeah, for sure. For you know sure. what I mean? I love it. In a way, so he's still providing long, you know, like she yeah. will be living off of the not to have like not to have um, student loans and to have a home. I told her like when she, yeah. I told her one or two things: if she wants to go to school, school's paid for. Yeah. And then by her sophomore year, we can look for a condo or a small house that I will pay for cash with the money. Yeah. That her dad left her, and then so you have the little raggedy friends pay you rent. <laughs> so you don't got to work even. And so it. then when you graduate, because my name is going to be on that. Then, because you know you're still young, of course. And then when you graduate and you show some sense, I will take my money, my name off. Mm-hmm. It'll just be you by yourself, and now that is your home to sell, to rent, to live in, and you don't have a mortgage. Love it. That's a Love setup it. for for a young black girl. Yeah. So like, I mean, people don't have that. I didn't have that setup, yeah. but that's why, like this, like especially the um um the chapter about estate planning is so important because I talk about the importance once you start to grow, especially when you get a certain amount of money to have a a financial advisor, because it's not, the financial advisor, David, is not just there to say, here's where you put your money so you can invest. It's bigger than that. Yeah. They are there, that's why it's made whole, to create a holistic plan. Wow. Are you fully insured? Like when, before we met Anjali, our financial advisor, all his beneficiaries was like, like Alyssa's mom. Mm-hmm. And so, when, you know, like that would have been a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I mean, I'm good either way, but it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> like, hey girl, and I love Shata, she cool. <laughs> You know, but, you know, but also, too, she was like, you also are underinsured. Get some more insurance. So we did with with Anjali. We also she read through every because he worked for the, the city and he had a, a state pension. Mm-hmm. So she knew all the pension paperwork. I mean, she gave me a list of things and she was like, I didn't know this. But as soon as he passed away, she had like a list of 20 things that I needed to do. And she would just teaspoon like I need you to try to do this, this week. Like there's Social Security that that, you know, that that's coming to Alyssa. Mm-mm. We talked to her mom. And say she needs to apply ASAP. Yeah. I know you're all grieving, but there is no no retroactive pay with Social Security. If you wait six months to a year because you're grieving and you don't fill out the paperwork, you don't get that back pay. Mm. You get it as soon as you start. So, like, thank me and her mother have always been like cool, yeah. even better now, yeah. you know. Um, and so I reached out to her right away. I was like, "What do you need?" Because I was his wife, but that that's her mother. So we had to work together. Like, yeah. I, you know, I had to show proof of this and that, you know. So it was a lot, but she was able to start because he provided for her financially yeah. along with her mother. So it was like that financial support, Social Security doesn't stop until she graduates um, high school this year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so gotcha. that was important. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't have known that without an Anjali. And with Anjali Text is- me a number. Just send me she's a just number. amazing. Yeah. And also too, the, the truth is, is like I, I, so I built a, like I, I have a trust now, mm-hmm. you know? Because my financial situation is more complicated than his. Yeah. If I'm not here, I have businesses, I have homes, I have- and so it would leave a lot like of money that potentially my dependents or my heirs will have to like navigate and pay taxes on. Yeah. But you can circumvent some of that by putting all of your assets into a trust and then having those people in the trust already. So when I pass one day, they won't be inheriting anything because the trust already owns everything. Gotcha. gotcha. You know, so it helps to like that transfer tax mm-hmm. that you normally have to pay you know, might not, you know, it, it likely won't affect like, like in California, for example, it's like 
50% or something like that. Basically. Can you imagine? So that's why people end up selling the house because you get, you, oh, you get a house for a million dollars, but then the tax for you for inheriting it as a daughter is oh 300,000. You know, something crazy. So then you're like, wait, I don't have 300,000. Mm. I just have this million dollar house. Now I have to sell this house just to, 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 to take care of the tax bill. So yeah. I made sure of my trust that I have money set aside for the taxes. Mm -hmm. And then like, but then all of my properties are inside the trust. This is good. You know what I mean? So these are the types of things are like, oh, that, you know, we were thinking about, but I'm like, no, we need to get them done ASAP. And with Made Whole, I dive deeper into that because I wrote it after he had passed away. So the estate gotcha. planning part, but also to be bigger than that, it's like, take pictures of like your, your family and friends. Like he was like a secret vlogger. He had like all these videos on his really? phone. Yes, because his mother passed away in his 20s. He said, I didn't have video of her. Mm. So he, I, I used to always say, I'm like, oh, here you go again. He'd be like, say something today. I'm like, something, <laughs> you know? But he would just be recording like regular everyday Monday things. And like, to like look back at all those videos. I'm so grateful yeah. because he understood that nothing is permanent because his mom passed when he was young. Yeah. And so I have all these videos of him laughing, joking, so good. chilling. And like, you know, I tell people that all the time, like take as much video. So what, what I did was when people came to visit him in the hospital, so many people, hundreds, people were like, who is this the mayor? And so many people <laughs> that he had helped came to visit him in the wow. hospital. Wow. And I took their phones and I said, I have a Google photo album. And if it's okay with you, I can tag his face in your phone and your photos and it will add it to the photo album. Oh, wow. So now we have like 5,000 videos. Incredible. Pictures. So with that we could all, at any moment, I can hear him say, I love you. I can hear him laugh. I can hear him say my name, like at any moment. And people don't have that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's bigger than the money. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, and also, like, where are your things? Where are, if something were to happen to you, like, does your, does your, does your partner, do your kids know? Like, I bought a fireproof, um, weather, um, waterproof bag from Amazon mm -hmm. to put a copy of all of my bank statements, all my everything. Anjali is my person. This is, so if something were to happen, you're not scrambling gotcha. to figure out that. I mean, it seems Absolutely. so simple, but like, I, thankfully, Jarrell always used my computer, so all his logins were already in there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. There wasn't a login I didn't have, and at least one other person should have like your your cell phone number, your cell phone lock, you know, yeah. because like your cell phone and your email are the keys to unlock everything. Yeah. Because even if I couldn't log into like his ADP account for work or whatever, because mm -hmm. I needed something from it, yeah. um, I could say reset, and it would send it send to his email. email. Yeah. So keep on keeping on that phone for a year. Yeah. You know, after, you know, because that, that's going to, that's going to be your key to unlock, you know, it's just so much information, so much, you know what I mean? But this is why, like, I teach from the place that I teach now. You know, I feel yeah. like sometimes I'm like, okay, God, you don't got to give me all the lessons, <laughs> but, you know, so when I wrote Made Whole, I really was teaching from a place of like, holistically, how do I get you to live this really great life using these 10 core, like financial steps mm -hmm. that will get you there. You don't have to make a ton of money, but to yeah. have a really great life. And leave something, for, and so people won't be so stressed. Like, I'm fortunate that I know people who lost their husband in their house. Yeah. You know, I just get to miss your Yeah. Because grieving is already a lot. Mm -hmm. So to grieve and also be like, what am I going to do financially? So I'm just really fortunate that that's not my lot, and I want that for other people too. For sure. So I infused that when I wrote the book. Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany. This was an amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you. You understood the assignment when you came here. You understand <laughs> Thank that? Thank you. Um, so how, how can people get this uh, 
How can people order the book? So it's available everywhere. You okay. know, if, I'm sure it's going to be it's Barnes and Nobles, Target, um, wherever, Amazon. Support. Right? But ideally, like if you're not really sure, because I like to support, especially like small mm. owned or black owned bookstores. Mm. If you go to a madewholeworkbook.com, okay. I always showcase like a, a small or black owned or women owned bookstore okay. if you want to like support them. But like, yes. So madewholeworkbook.com. Okay. There's a downloadable, like I have a toolkit for all the tools, which is free. Mm. You can download and get like, so even if you don't get the book, my, my premise is always, you don't got to spend money with me to get help from me. Yeah. So even if you download the toolkit and get your help there, I'm okay with that. Okay. If you don't have the money, I tell people go to the library. Mm. No, for real, because for me, I'm just like, I've made enough, yeah. you know, and that I'm here to make a difference, you know, yeah. from the very beginning. That. But if you want to support right. <laughs> madewholeworkbook.com. We would hundred percent will support, man. <laughs> um, I got uh, one, one question before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. Um, where do you see yourself or what do you see yourself accomplishing or just being in the next five years? And the only reason I'm asking this question is because I want to be able to watch this interview five years from today and say, you know what, Tiffany told me that five years ago that she'd be doing this. So I'm still debating if I'm going to have a show. Mm -hmm. I've been approached many, many times, you know, yeah. so potentially that if it along as it aligns with like the peace yeah. that I'm seeking. So like, you know, so potentially I did Netflix. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, so potentially that I've been approached like I from some major streamers and platforms and things. So maybe. Mm -hmm. um, you make some good money from Netflix or is it more notoriety? I made some good money on the back end. I'll tell you that. On the back end. I mean, that back sure. end was heavy. <laughs> but that front, not so much. Right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So potentially a show. Um, honestly, I want to, I'm off my Jay-Z and want to be on my, my Sean Carter. Mm -hmm. I would like to be the business behind business yeah so in five years i'd like for there to be less you see less of me yeah you know I, ideally i want people to think i fell off <laughs> no for real that would be like my heart's desire like Ooh, the, remember the bunch like of this it was fire yeah and i'm like mm, as so i'm like <laughs> you know what i mean like i want to feel like i fell off that mm -hmm. i'm not really like on the front you know that i'm just enjoying my life yeah. on the back end and consulting mm -hmm. you know with some of the your favorite brands you know yeah. about how to talk to black women you know continuing to like do all these, create all these resources, you know, mm. for, for us, you know, but really like just seeing less of me, yeah. you know, unless that show, you know, comes to fruition and it makes sense for me, but yeah. really just like, like really leaning into my family and friends, travel, enjoying life even more, still like having a business, you yeah. know, but one that's more back end than front end, more, yeah. more Sean Carter, less Jay-Z. I love it. I love it. Well, look, Tiffany, thank you so much. I need you to uh, definitely let everybody know how they can contact you, uh, again, how they can support you, but also close us out with a word of wisdom because this was, uh, it, it's so much. You got to put a bow on all this stuff that we talked <laughs> oh, about. God. This was so good. So you can find me. I am the budget nista on all the things, mm -hmm. right? I am thebudgetnista.com, the budgetnista. I don't really TikTok, but I got one. Um, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. If you're still on Facebook, child, you and your mama can see me there too. <laughs> <For> sure, <laughs> YouTube, sure. LinkedIn, um, and then obviously madewholeworkbook.com. And if I was going to give a piece of advice, mm -hmm. um, I would be, I would say that to understand that, I learned this from my therapist, that to love is, the, is to lose. It is the most human thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. that at some point, everything that you love, you're going to lose it. Yeah. You know, whether it's your favorite shirt and you go out of it, your favorite earrings, you, you know, you lose them on your trip in the ocean, you know, someone that you love passes away or you pass away. But it is also one of the greatest gifts that you can give. Mm -hmm. And that in the effort to chase money, chase things, 
that you don't forget that that truly is the greatest thing. Yeah. That there are people who are making way less than you who are way happier. 100%. Right? And to prioritize that alongside of, you know, like you, they're not mutually exclusive. Like yeah. you could have a good financial life, but bigger than that, I want you to have a holistic, wonderful life. Yeah. So to prioritize that. Love it. Listen, man, we can't close it out no better than that, man. Do yourself a favor. Go get the book, Made Whole, and just throw, get get good with money in there. Just throw them both in the basket, all right? So make sure you go get the book uh, and also uh, follow, support this, uh, this young lady because she is killing it and really making a difference. I think through this episode, you can see her heart for people. It's not just a money grab. And I've uh, I've definitely seen that more than I'd like to uh, with people in the space. But uh, she definitely has a heart for people. And finally, go get you some social proof, meaning go build something, build something significant. But uh, I need you to come back to your community and teach them how you did it because it's the only way our community grows. We out here. Peace. If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now.